you know what? Every song I write from now on is going to be imminently playable on the road, but it's also going to feel good to play every single night. Something like this. Welcome to My Stupid Podcast, episode three. My name is Angelo Gonzalez. I'm Jeff Widman, y'all. Yeah, and we are here re-recording episode three. If you follow us on Instagram or Twitter or uh, Facebook or anything like that, um, that uh, that will make sense to you. But if if you're not, if you're just listening in, um, this uh, we actually did this exact recording. Uh, we recorded this episode last week, but myself, Angelo. Um, uh, basically, the long story short is I kind of forgot to hit record. Uh, didn't end up recording, so we're re- we are re-recording um, this episode, episode three, where we are going to take a deep dive into heavier things. Uh, John Mayer's second studio album. So, um, yeah, so we're going to have to recreate a lot of that magic, Jeff. Oh yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm okay um, with that. They'll never know. We're gonna get we're gonna get even heavier on these <laughs> that's things. Right. That's for sure. That's right. You know, I, I I didn't make that joke the first time. That's an original joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we will. By the way, listeners, we will not let you know. Oh, that we didn't talk about that last time because that would definitely get long. <laughs> Be like, oh, this is something yeah. new that we didn't. You know, who cares about that? So, um, anyway, thank yeah. you for listening. Uh, again, this is my stupid podcast and all John Mayer podcast. We are about we are three episodes in now. This is uh, episode three where we're gonna be diving into heavier things. Thank you so much for those of you who are uh, sharing and listening and uh, commenting and giving us feedback. Um, we have twelve five star reviews. Oh, sorry, sorry, twelve five star ratings on Apple Podcasts and three reviews. Uh, we appreciate that very much. Yeah, yeah we got three uh, three written reviews. Yes, well, cue the. Uh, uh, fake applause there. <laughs> crowd, right? crowd noise. The crowd applause, noise. Yeah. yeah. So, um, uh, I love when people do that, man. That's because uh, that, that takes a lot. I mean, it doesn't take that much time, but it's just uh, people oh, yeah. putting forth any time at all to give that type of feedback. I love. That's that, right. Man. So, um, on the Apple Podcast, we have a review from Eve on seventy seven, Maple sixteen twenty nine twenty seven. And Mrs. Jen M., who I imagine is Jen Matthews, who's emailed the show and uh, messaged us. So um, anyway, thank you so much for those reviews. Uh, they do help. If you do like the show, if you uh, have have listened to the last couple episodes and you're listening to this one and you really enjoy it, go go on iTunes. That's a, uh, iTunes or Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to that. Anywhere you listen to your podcast, leave a review, leave a, a five-star rating. Um, we uh, Those things help this show get... Uh, exposed it helps us get um discovered by other people who are searching john mayer or searching music and stuff so uh that that's very very helpful if you'll go do that we would love um we would love that find us on the social media platforms Uh, we're on instagram we're on twitter uh instagram is my stupid podcast twitter is my stupid cast and um email us uh we love receiving emails from listeners i'm going to read a couple of those emails here in just a second but you can email us at my stupid podcast show at gmail.com uh with any feedback you have uh you know, last uh, last episode we did Room for Squares and uh, got a couple emails and some messages about that, just about their people's favorite songs and, um, uh, you know, just people uh, 
how they got into John Mayer and all that kind of stuff. So um, we appreciate it. We love reading those things. Um, we will respond to all of them uh, as when we get a chance. We are busy. <laughs> we have normal lives outside of this. This isn't our job uh, to yes. record a podcast, yeah. but um, we will try and respond to every email we get. So, uh, Jeff, you got anything right now, man? Any? Did I miss anything at this beginning part? I don't. Did we do on the uh, the first? I, obviously, we're not going to call it out every time. We might might have missed something, but uh, from the first time we recorded this. But uh, did we have emails from the? First, we did. Uh, we did have session? a couple emails, and I'm going to read those now. Oh, okay. So. Uh, oh, cool. We do. I'm just making sure. Yeah. We got. We actually got three emails. Okay. I'm going to save yes. one for next week because it's about heavier things. So um, I want. Okay. I'm going to save that one, and uh, actually, uh, I see what you're saying, Matthew yeah. Chappelle. Um, is the one who sent us the heavier things email. And I'm going to save that one for next week. So Matthew, if you're listening, don't think, Oh, we, you know, we uh, just didn't get to your email where I want to save that one for next week after we do our heavier things uh, yes. podcast. But there is a, there is a math method yeah, to our that's madness. right. Yes. So first email yeah. here I want to read is from Kristen Maliska. And uh, here's what she said. She said, first, I'm totally loving your podcast. After listening to episode two, I had to sit down and listen to your commentary, pause it, and then go listen to the song. I heard things I never heard or heard it in a totally different way. That's that's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah, blew my mind a little bit Yeah, um, to hear that. Yeah. yeah, it's like, all right, that's, that's pretty awesome. Uh, I was wondering if you guys thought there was any correlation or significance to the fact that he says... I'm never speaking up again in Wonderland. Is he referencing my stupid mouth for a reason? Did he redeem himself and is now in bed with the girl that he had the terrible date with? I did hear the toy piano at the end. and would never have noticed that. Keep up the great work and keep the episodes coming, Kristen. Thank you again so much, Kristen, for the email. Uh, it's uh, we're, we're glad you're, you're listening. Jeff, we, I totally forgot to mention this on the last episode. Oh, okay. um, whenever we were doing uh, uh, our... No such, or I always call it no such thing. I don't know why I do that. A room for squares, because they're both three words, right? Our room for squares yeah. episode. I had it written down that we were, that I wanted to mention that about at the end of your body is a wonderland. He does that. I'm never speaking up again over the back uh, in the background of, of the outro. <clears throat> yeah. Right. That was that was kind of meant. Uh, that was kind of hanging around in my brain too after we finished. Yeah, I was like, I, was I like, can't believe we forgot to mention been that. A good piece. That's right. Of trivia to talk That's about. Right. Dang yeah, it. yeah, yeah. So. Uh, what do you think about that, Jeff? What are your thoughts? Do you know anything about that? Do you have any insight into it? And then I'll give you my thoughts. Uh, I don't think the song is a continuation of a specific narrative uh, from from My Stupid Mouth, uh, or at least that specific moment in Your Body's Wonderland. I do think it's just a recontextualization of the lyric uh, from a purely you know, physical... <laughs> <laughs> get get down with it stance yeah. i guess that your body's wonderland uh puts out there because he's just kind of like let's not use our words anymore let's just you know let's explore each other yeah. and like you know he's just kind of like saying i'm never speaking up again because this is this is uh, uh i'll use my hands yeah that's, yeah, you yeah. Know, that's what he's saying yeah <clears throat> so he's kind of tying that idea i guess into your body's wonderland but i don't think it's a i don't think it's like it's more like a spinoff than a sequel okay let's, let's put it that way all right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know i'm um, I actually, you know, and I responded to her and told her this too, but um, I think, you know, I've I've always wondered about that. When I first heard it, I remember thinking, huh, that's interesting, you know, that he put that line in there and I didn't think much of it. Um, and then later on, as it got, got more ingrained in, you know, in John Mayer and listened to his music and stuff, 
started thinking, um, you know, are they connected in some way? And I had never um, thought about that that being a continuation. I think that's a kind of a cool theory uh, to think about that. You know, like yeah. this is part fun. part two. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did look online. I kind of did a little bit of research on it to see if anybody else had. If, if he had mentioned it or if uh, other people had similar theories or different theories. And uh, the, the consensus, in, at least from my research, is that it's just kind of mentioned to what you said. It's, it's, a, it's kind of a nod to the previous song. Um, you know, I think he's just he, he thought, oh, this would be cool to put in here. Um, it's a uh, you know, it's it's fun to reference that because he does do that a lot. He references other songs and a lot of his other songs. Um He'll reference his yeah. own music. He'll reference other music, lines from other songs. He'll change lines from other songs um, to uh, fit what he's trying to say in his own in his own music to kind of you know just a, a play on words and things like that. So um, I'm not I'm not exactly sure if it's a continuation, but I do like the idea. I kind of think that's a cool theory. Um, you know, maybe when John, if you're listening. Come on the show, and we'll ask you, and you can tell us what were you thinking. <laughs> yes, right. That's yeah. the uh, that's the ultimate goal. That's man. right. Yeah. So um, right there, I know, you know, getting him on the show, right. talking about himself. That's yeah. right. So let's get you on. We can get him on, and he can answer that question. We'll we'll throw that in the bucket there. So uh, thank you so much, Kristen, for emailing. Our second email is actually from my sister. Big John Mayer fan. It's not just my sister, uh, who I mentioned in the first episode was with me when I first went to go meet him and was there. Uh, went to go see him right. and was there when I met him. Um, so she. This is what she says. Her name's Yvonne. She says, first of all, thanks for mentioning your awesome sister in the first episode. You're welcome. She says, my favorite album always is Continuum. I just listen on repeat daily. It seems just about. Favorite song is Rosie. It's catchy, but I love all of his songs. I don't agree with you on New New Deep. New Deep is a great song. So if you listen to the first episode, I mentioned that that might be one of my least favorite songs. Uh, she loves New yeah. Deep. Again, my thoughts might have changed. Okay, so... I yeah. want to preface this right now. At diving into the into this album, uh, uh, there there might be a little bit of a change of attitude to New Deep. So we'll see what happens here in a little bit. But she says, "I do agree with Jeff. Do you know me? Isn't a favorite of mine." So there you go, Jeff. You got you got someone disagreed with Sister me. Sister knows what's up, man. That's right. Disagreed with me. <laughs> agrees with you. All right. She says, "Also, I'm in the pick at the meet and greet." Uh, so if you look at the picture I shared on um, Facebook and Instagram of me meeting John, she's there to the side of it. So go check that out. And she also shared a pic of her autograph photo that she framed along with um, ticket stub that he signed. So they're both signed um, and she framed it. So I'll probably share that on the social media uh, platforms as well. So thank you, Yvonne. Thank you for writing in. Uh, we appreciate that. Like I said, we did have one more email from Matthew Chappelle, but I am going to save that for next week. It just makes a little bit more sense after we do our heavier things um, episode to, to do that. So thank you. Email us, my Thank stu- you. my yes. stupid podcast show at gmail.com. Uh, we probably will read it on the show. So uh, if you um, yeah. if you email us, that's a kind of a perk of doing it. So reach out. We love to hear all that kind of stuff. All right. One last thing I want to mention before we jump into heavier things, and that is that Jeff has released a single. Oh, oh shucks. Yeah. You brought it up. So, Thank you. Uh, those of you who might follow <laughs> Jeff on social media, um, he just he's he's a singer, he's a songwriter. Uh, has been doing this for a long time. We, I love having his insight from kind of that perspective. I do. I am musical. I do play instruments. 
and uh, kind of know about music, but I'm not a songwriter. I've tried to write songs before, and mm-hmm. they are just they're terrible. Like, yeah, they're not. It's not. <laughs> I'm not good at that. So um, I do really uh, look up to people who can write songs and um, have that creative talent. And Jeff, tell us a little bit about your single, um, and uh, and yeah, just tell us a little bit about it. Sure. Um, I, the song is called IOU, and it's a song uh, that's t- technically a love song, but it's a love song for my bros because there's not enough of those, yeah. I think. You know, it's okay to tell your bros you love them. And, uh, I mean, the song doesn't really do that, so um, so it's it's not so on the nose about it. But, uh, yeah, uh, so, I mean, I, I had a hard time. I was in a, a really big-time rut when I was writing uh, or trying to write. Mm-hmm. Because I was just running out of ideas, and I was just always, I don't know, chasing stories about being in love and stuff, and that was just not accurate to my life, and so I, that's why I wrote a song like that, where I was like, well, I can write about my friends, you know, I yeah. mean, they're, they're always there for me, I always talk to them every day, so I mean, it's easy, that's easy, it's easy peasy, yeah. and some of the lyrics that I wrote in the song are very applicable to real life situations that happened, like we're... In the opening of the song, I mentioned getting two flat tires and you're having to ask your friend for a ride, and that actually happened. So, um, I mean, that that was a horrible night. Uh, That's awesome. (laughs) That was years ago. That was many, many years ago. Um, Yeah, so, uh, yeah, that's on Spotify and Apple Music, all all those places you can get music. And you can buy it, I guess, if you're retro about it. Uh, But, yeah, stream it. Um, That helps me get on playlists. I'm I'm under my full name as a musician. I'm Jeffrey Michael Widman. Okay. And that's W-I-D, man. Uh, that's how you spell that. Uh, <laughs> oh, that was great. That was great. <laughs> that's how. I, that's the only way I could. Otherwise, it's like I say M-A-N and people are like, wait, Nan? Like N-N-A-N? Yeah. M-A-M? She's like, no, just man. It's man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate you letting me uh, give yeah, me a spotlight definitely, a little definitely, bit Definitely, yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, stick around at the end of the show. And I'm going to um, insert the new single uh, at the end of the show. So those of you who are listening, stick around, yes. um, check it out. We'll, we'll put it at the end and then go add it to your playlist. Go buy it. Uh, support uh, indie artists we, um, uh, and support the podcast. I mean, that's kind of really supporting the podcast, too, as well. So Technically, yeah. yeah. So is, yeah. Um, <laughs> go uh, stick around at the end. We'll, we'll uh, attach it and then go stream it and add it to all your playlists. All right. All right, so let's jump into heavier things. Yes, let's get According to Wikipedia, all-knowing Wikipedia, Heavier Things... All accurate, yes. ...was released on September 9th, 2003 by Aware and Columbia Records, and it debuted at number one. So if I'm not mistaken, I think Room for Squares reached number eight. Never made it to number one. Heavier Things comes out and immediately debuts at number one on the Billboard 200. It sold 317,000 copies in its first week. Um, It is three times platinum. So um, August 8th, 2018, it was certified three times platinum, over 3 million units sold, which makes it really one of the top-selling albums. Um, I think after Battle Studies, I don't think he reaches platinum. I need to I need to double check that he may reach he may reach a million units on a couple of them maybe like one time platinum but a lot of like like born and raised and Paradise Valley I think are only certified gold I don't think they're they're platinum mm-hmm. so uh, you know again this is just showing the skyrocket right like it's starting to happen like 
yeah. sold uh, Room for Squares sold a bunch, but never reached number one. Heavier Things debuts at number one and sells over three hundred thousand copies, but within the first week. So I mean, people are waiting for this album to come out, and um, yeah. and it even says here it says despite some criticism. Heavier Things gener- received generally positive reviews from critics. Um, critical reception, you know, uh, it it has a, a 67 out of 100 at Metacritic. So that's like aggregate, right? Like of people and, yeah. and all kinds of different things. So a C, right? It's got about a C. There's not many albums that probably are A's, um, I imagine, by most people. No. Uh, Rolling Stone gives it four stars. Uh, All Music gives it three and a half stars. Uh, Blender gave it three stars. Uh, Spin Magazine only gave it five out of ten, so you can see there were it was a little bit of uh, a mixed um, mixed reviews, and I think obviously the reason is because for a lot of people, on the surface it looks like a big departure from Room for Squares. Um, it seems yeah. like it it takes it has a whole totally different sound. The songwriting, I would argue, might be on par. A lot of the songs, mm-hmm. the, the the lyrical content, um, it's still very introspective. Not all of them are love songs. Actually, there's quite a few non-love songs on this album. Uh, yeah. But um, you know, for the I would say on par with Room for Squares, or maybe even there's some. There's a few tracks on here that exceed the writing on Room for Squares. I think. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that, or would you would you disagree with that, Jeff? Uh, I think Room for Squares is a uh, better overall lyrically, but the musical exploration is definitely yeah. I don't know. I sense it more on this one than than on Room for Squares. Like he wasn't really doing layering as much. He was basically taking songs on on Room for Squares. He was taking songs that he already wrote on acoustic guitar and putting it in a studio setting yes. with a backing band. Yes. So this was like, I already have all those resources to me. What's it like when I can layer these myself? And, and you know, you hear all those layers on clarity. And, um, I mean, there's some others too. But, like, sp- Split Screen Sadness is another one. There's right. a ton of layers. And um, New Deep has some of those too. Um, yeah, that totally so makes sense. So musically speaking, he was definitely going out, expanding. Yeah, I mean, writing songs not just on acoustic guitar with him and a guitar, but maybe writing songs with, Hey, I'm going to write this with loops. I'm going to write this more, Mm -hmm. more, uh, synth driven or, you know, whatever, you know, whatever he's, he's thinking, he's not, he's probably not sitting there with an acoustic guitar on all of these songs, hashing them out. Um, you know, uh, so he actually writes here, which I thought was very interesting. Mayer felt he could be more relaxed and focus more on his art while making heavier things, which I feel is the opposite. Um, hmm. One thing I will uh, say about this album and certain aspects of this album, New Deep, is <laughs> that uh, some they, they feel... I don't want to say they feel rushed, but I do feel like this... As soon with the success of Room for Squares, he had to put out a second album, and just like you mentioned, Jeff, all those albums on Room for Squares have lived for a long time, right? Like they've been around for yeah. years. Some of those albums, I mean, some of those uh, songs have been around for like three, four, five years before he records them. Mm-hmm. So he's yeah. he's had a chance to test them live, to to change them, 
you know, uh, to uh, for them to evolve into what they were. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas with heavier things, I feel like, oh, I got to write songs to put on an album. Not that that's why. Yeah. But he he's obviously creative and he's always writing songs. But he's like, okay, now we got to put out this album. So I thought it was very interesting that he said he felt like he could be more relaxed and focused while making this versus, oh, the studio wants a new album. We got to put something out. Right. I'm a little surprised by that, too, yeah. myself. Maybe maybe he meant the music side of it. Yeah. Because I could see it from the music side of it, but not necessarily. Lyrically, sometimes in certain songs, it's kind of like, I got to finish this, man. I got to yeah. finish this song. Maybe he, what do I put for a second maybe verse? Was, Whatever. It's, it doesn't have to make sense. Maybe he was talking about the art on the on the album. Of the, uh, in maybe, because the there was clearly a lot, lot of thought on that. There's definitely yeah. a lot of thought and focus, and that we'll get to that here in a second. So um, let's start off just with the uh, the cover and the title. Uh, Jeff, what, what are your thoughts on the, the title, Heavier Things? I didn't even, when he first released it, I was like, all right. I don't even know what that means. I guess he's going a little deeper here, uh, subject matter wise. I, I didn't really know how to take it at that age because I was in uh, high school still, and I don't know. I was definitely anticipating any news on the freaking album, but yeah, I don't know, man. It was just kind of like it didn't really hit me one way or the other. I was, it had me intrigued more than anything. I was just like, "What the heck does that mean?" Yeah, um, I was, I was, and I still kind of feel that way to a degree because out of all of his album titles, this one's kind of like, what does that even mean? <laughs> yeah, and it's and uh, when you pair it with the kind of simple cover art of him just standing there, I went musically. I thought because I saw the cover art, he has an electric guitar. At this point, I had already seen any given Thursday, so I knew he could play like you know real like electric guitar like do solos and you know was very very proficient on guitar that's i think how a lot of people found out right that he was so proficient yeah like that he was really really that's how i yeah. found out yeah, it's like you, you you like his songwriting but then you're like oh my gosh this guy can play right like he can play yeah. stevie ray vaughn and stuff like that so i thought i remember looking at the album art and thinking oh this is going to be more electric guitar type stuff it's going to be heavier right me being into heavy metal also, that I makes, was thinking that oh, makes sense how you'd make this that. Is, yeah. This is a heavier album. Like it's it's going to be more electric guitar driven. It's not going to be as acoustic. Um, and that's not the case. <laughs> I mean, there is more electric yeah. guitar, but uh, it's definitely not a heavy album in the sense that this is not heavy music where I would, you know, I would put bands, you know, uh, like hard rock, heavy music. This is not that. Um not Although that's where my, you know, that's where my mind originally went. I do think it's probably along the lines of what, you know, that what you said makes more sense of this is going to be, <laughs> uh, you know, a little bit heavier in content. But actually what he says is that he didn't want a big and bold title for the album. Um, and he said he expressed that the name heavier things, quote, this is his quote, is what it is. <laughs> due to its insignificance i'm like really like you just kind of threw it he said he likes the word things due to finding it nondescript and dumb and kind of blunt so yeah along with along those lines columbia wanted to use a conservative marketing campaign is what they said to promote the album so they were thinking longevity they're like we're not gonna blow our load on this album like we're gonna uh we're creating what they said is we know we're creating a career for this guy 
um, and they yes. wanted to keep the hype at bay, which I can understand that. Uh, so yeah, I totally get that. I mean, hype was there for me and you, uh, obviously, because we were already mega fans and we were already like, "Give us more stuff, John." Woo! Uh, so right. uh, it may not have worked for us, but you know, for oh, for the yeah people that were like, "Oh, he's successful," but I don't really know what he does. Yeah, people uh, who yeah, I could get that. People who heard of him from the Grammys, people who just know his his singles that were out on the yeah. radio. Uh, that that totally makes sense. So the first single, Bigger Than My Body, only went to radio a couple, like a few weeks before they released the album. Um, yeah. And you could stream the whole album on MTV.com and also on John Mayer's official website, which that's where I first heard it. I'm pretty sure I first heard it streaming yeah. it on his website. Um, and uh, by the way, websites back then were so crazy. I know I was telling you this before, but there's if, if those of you out there, if you're very, you know, I get nostalgic. I like looking back at stuff and kind of going backwards and, and reliving things. So uh, there's a there's a website called the called the Internet Wayback Machine. If you don't know what this is, and you can go in and type a website. And since like 2002, it's been capturing snapshots of websites so you can go back and look like what did this look like in june of 2003 and you can click on it and it'll pull up uh, an archived page of whatever website looked like so i've gone back to look at john mayer's website i've gone back to look at the local 83 website um now you can't like dive deep into what it doesn't capture every single page but it does capture a lot of them uh and sometimes it'll capture entire websites so some stuff still works out there if you go through that that website but um uh that was I, I tried to look at john's website during this time and it's all flash do you remember when websites were were all flash <laughs> like everything was so annoying like, dude so annoying everything was, it's like when i was in school trying to browse those websites dude they would never load because they, obviously they didn't have the bandwidth for that. that's right or it was blocked or it was like oh you need to yeah. upgrade to the current version of flash and it was like all you know, Which, oh my yeah. gosh that was uh anyway flash was such a such an interesting um artifact of that time but um yeah so anyway so i that's where i first listened to it when did you first hear did you hear the album streaming before you purchased it yes yeah i heard it on mtv.com that's where i heard it and uh that's uh that i remember that website being super clunky painful to load uh but i mean that's where i heard the whole album the first time i remember i remember my first listen to clarity and going what is this uh so i i very very vividly remember my first listen to it that's right um i yeah that was great and i and i remember kicking myself finding out later that it was on john mayer's website i could have gone to john mayer's website that's right yeah uh because i did find out like a week later that it was on his website the entire time i was like i'm an idiot (laughs) <laughs> so so you can you could have streamed it before that's where that's where we both heard it before we purchased it um and so he, here's columbia's plan so they wanted to schedule they scheduled saturday night live so he performs on saturday night live did you do you remember watching this yes i yeah, do I, I, I definitely was very hyped for yeah. that performance yeah, i watched it i think he did time. clarity and maybe bigger than my body is I, that correct i remember bigger than my body yeah. i don't remember clarity but i do remember bigger than my body and um, sure. is that the one where jack black mispronounced his name i don't remember i know the did he say meyer yes john meyer oh man and then he kind of like i remember like he kind of did like a I think he did, I think he made a face. Yeah, like he made a face like, like he whoops. knew I mispronounced yeah. that. I was like, Jack Black, how do you not know who John Mayer is? What is wrong <laughs> with you? But uh, anyway, so he performs there. And here's the thing. This is just so funny to me. 
I'm reading this. Columbia Records thought it was important to put Mayer in talk show type scenarios before the album release to help bring focus to his art and to his singer-songwriter career and to steer him away from the fame and celebrity hype. <laughs> That's going to do the opposite. That's such a oh weird, God. bad strategy. They, it's like they didn't know they, the guy at all. I know, man. It's like... Oh yeah, let's let's put him in talk show environments where he can just yeah. where he can be witty and he can banter and he can talk about how great of a songwriter we can talk about his art and he's probably gonna just talk about like random like he's gonna make stupid jokes and he's gonna like make yeah. jokes that go over people's heads and he's gonna be like really witty and funny and like this is the you know again just like he said it's like they didn't know who John Mayer was yeah. we knew I feel like. They knew him surface level where they, they enjoyed having conversations with him anytime they did, but they didn't have a whole lot of conversations with yeah. him because they're a label and yeah. he's a product. So maybe they were like, uh, it's time for America or audiences to see what we see and how outgoing he is. Yeah. And they really didn't. And that may be, you I, know. He, we didn't know yet, though, that how much he puts <laughs> his foot in his mouth. That's right, so, yeah. So I think also I, that totally makes sense now that you say that because – Here's the guy who wrote Your Body is a Wonderland. Yeah. We want you to see him as a real singer-songwriter. That's what they think. We want mm-hmm. you to see he's not just this bubblegum pop guy who just wrote mm-hmm. this, you know, who people might even think, oh, this song was written for him and he just performed. You know what I mean? Like, no, he he's, yeah. a, he's a real singer-songwriter. We see the real depth of his music. And we do as fans. Right, we know that we already right. know that. So we when know. we when I read this, is saying like they're trying to put him in talk show type scenarios, uh, so that you know you can focus on his art. I, I don't think that's not him. Now, will it help you to be more endeared towards him? Maybe. Would it help you to respect mm-hmm. him a little bit more and think, oh, this is a smart, funny guy. This isn't just some, you know, a uh, lame college yeah. college rock guy. Uh, so I, I could kind of see that actually now that you mentioned yeah. that, and I and I enjoyed all those oh yeah all those appearances. I, I stayed up for a lot of them. Yeah. I remember him on Conan, and I was like geeking out because I love Conan. Yeah, so I still do. I, Conan's like my tops for me, dude. I want to get on Conan. Everybody, go stream my song so I can get That's on. That's right. Yeah, let's let's make a <laughs> uh, a petition for for Jeff to get right. on Conan. Change dot org. So, put me on Conan. The White House has to respond. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So. Despite being delayed on the radio, the lead single, Bigger Than My Body, it gains commercial and critical success. So it's it's a big hit. And uh, Clarity ends up being the single, the second single. Um, doesn't get a lot of radio play. I remember hearing it, hearing it a few times when it first came. But I don't think I've heard that song on the radio, I mean, in ten, at least 10 years. More than that. It's kind of like they fulfilled an obligation to the label to be like, for... for for stations to be like, okay, we're going to spin it. We're yeah. going to spin it because you asked us and you have a lot of money. You're, yeah. you're, you're a big wig. You're uh, Columbia. And here, okay. And then they fulfilled that whatever contracted amount of spins and then they were just like, let's just move on. And here's, um, here's how I, you know how well this Wikipedia page is put together because it says, Clarity, although it receives rare radio play, is one of Mayer's fans' favorites and is normally performed at Mayer's concerts. That is not true. <laughs> Was it was this written in two thousand six, like or two thousand five? I mean, this clarity is yeah. not performed at normally performed at Mayor's concert. Yeah, it's a clarity's a rarity. You know, it's right. it's not. It, yeah, it was a rarity insanely... after heavier things. 
in the continuum yeah. tour he it was not even really in the rotation very much anymore after that no even though he had the horns right there he was still kind of like ah we're gonna we're gonna use him for trust myself oh my gosh I'm maybe like, 83 and, is yeah. normally performed at mayor's concerts no it is not normally performed at mayor's concerts anyway you could put because heavier things get so as we've discussed get so slighted yeah. on his tours yeah. nowadays yeah. you could put it's still in his rotation sometimes you could put you that, could put that. I, I would i would buy that you know i would say yeah it, it gets performed on occasion i would even say yeah, yeah. okay on occasion yeah Okay, normally? Yeah. No. no. It is not normally performed. I take very big offense to this, whoever wrote that on Wikipedia, because yeah. Clarity is one of my favorite songs. Big, so, big time offended yeah. right now. Yeah. So on, on Instagram, I posted um, pictures of the insert. Do you remember this insert, Jeff? I'm gonna, I'm sh- for those of you who don't know, I'm showing Jeff on um, the video but that we're, that yes. we're doing. But this insert to... to uh, Heavier things was and super super. You cool. have the vinyl one where it's like the entire takes up the entire. What is that? The back. Yeah, or yeah. That's or? it's the sleeve. It's the sleeve that holds the actual. So there's the main sleeve, right? Uh-huh. And then there's this inner sleeve that holds. Oh, um, cool. That holds the record to protect it even more, and um, it has credits on it, and then it has all the lyrics and and everything. But in the in the CD form, it was just there was booklets of the, and it was a booklet, and each yeah, of these was on that. a different page. But, that's what i remember um, yeah. but on the vinyl it's all just one big thing they just kind of organize it this way and uh i wanted to kind of go through this because um i think it's pretty cool i, I think it's a cool uh i agree um uh it's different i, I haven't seen now granted i haven't bought an, uh, a john mayer album since like an actual physical john mayer cd or anything since battle studies that was the last physical cd i bought everything else was bought digital now i do have born and raised on vinyl but i don't have any other physical media after that so i don't know if that if he still puts it if there's anything even close to what this looks like no um and anything that's else the that only he's time done. he's ever done that yeah but this is everything super else cool. is kind of straightforward serious you yeah know? so uh, so the first image figure one is just kind of an official track listing it's in a like a, a circle a wheel if you will it's a wheel it's a wheel you can't, you can't you love too much one part look, of it though because yeah, you know because they're all you know except for new deep yeah. um but uh, <laughs> <laughs> i guess <laughs> <laughs> anyway um, hater yeah. so we'll get to it I'm, I'm i'm actually being a little facetious in that but uh yeah you can go through it's kind of in this wheel it's color-coded and it has who played on each track and the the length and then you go to figure two which is kind of interesting it's keyword by song and there's all it's like it has each song listing and then it has these little image these little icons that each have um like a like a keyword to it so there's a there's a figure two with all these icons and then there's a figure two key so if you remember like you know like uh having you know reading anything like this you would look like a look for the key to see what everything means so just reading off some of these keywords for the different songs sarcastic optimistic bittersweet pensive love lost guitar solo ballad flight quizzical promissory ironic which has an iron as the icon you have sunny you have rainy defiant advice searching retro and family so you can imagine um kind of where a lot of these are put 
uh, ironic is definitely going to be New Deep. Um, and that's, I think, the only one that's on there. Uh, retro, Only Heart is definitely very retro sounding. You have one that's Flight. You have that on Split Screen Sadness, Bigger Than My Body, uh, and Wheel, which are, it's funny if you think about it, those are all kind of different um, definitions of flight or different kind of ideas of yeah. what flight means. Some are literal, some yeah. are just, I yeah. don't know, thema- I don't know yeah, even just the word. Yeah, someday I'll fly, word. right? Yeah. So. Um, yeah, so that's a pretty cool little little keyword outline. And then you have figure three, which is just the color coding of what the song colors are. And then a figure yeah, four. because he is, refers to them later on by color. Right. And you have to know what those colors are, yeah. That's right. Yeah, he doesn't label them anymore. So I thought figure four is pretty cool. It's a song creation by location. and uh, I love that. But you find out that Daughters was written in New Zealand, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um that's fascinating. Yeah, I, I remember him on the European tours, uh, uh, tour that around that time when he debuted it, and he was like, oh, "I wrote this recently," and and he played it. I don't remember if it was in New Zealand that he debuted mm-hmm. it, but I do remember on the tour where he played it the first time and it was full band. Yep, and then he, so yeah. you also have split screen sadness and something's missing written in Georgia, in Atlanta. So split screen sadness was written there. That's interesting. Yeah, so listen. So think about this. This is I'm just, something's missing. Makes sense. He still lived there. That's right. So how long? How missing. long has split screen sadness kind of been written? Yeah, and it's just maybe. I wonder if I wonder if he just had it there and it was like, I whatever. It's just G and C right now. That's all. Because those are the chords of yeah. the song. It's just G and C, and then there's an A, yeah. a minor in there. Uh, and I wonder if he was like, I don't know what to do with this right now. And then he was like, okay, cool. Now I can do layers. Yeah. Like now I can have a studio uh, band at my disposal and strings and all this stuff. That's pretty. That's a possibility. That's definitely a possibility. Yeah. I had never thought about that until just looking at this. Maybe that's been, yeah. maybe that song's been written for a little bit and it's just, he never, he never played it. It just wasn't quite ready to perform yet. Yeah. Although we know he does kind of throw songs out there that are not even fully written, where he'll just kind of perform. Well, he used to. He doesn't anymore, but um, he, used right. to, he used to do Very that. Very polished nowadays. That's right. So so professional. Fi- <laughs> figure five gives us the file size by song, which I guess is kind of interesting. But Clarity is by far the largest song. It has so many yeah. instruments and layers. And, uh, you know, yeah. there's, so that's almost nine, that nine gigs the, the most su- of data in the in the file of clarity right and that's that's pretty massive well i mean i guess back then and now yeah. um i think the most surprising one is uh other than daughters because that's only like an acoustic track with some shakers and yep. stuff and uh second secondary guitars and piano um that's the smallest one but the second smallest one is split screen status that's very surprising yeah. I you know I wonder if it's just because it's like whatever the background sounds are mostly like synth and well I don't know if you look at the credits there is pro so somebody it says like programming on that like somebody was credited with programming on that track so maybe that track is mostly just like computer generated sounds it looks like it yeah because it says percussion on the credits for that right instead of drums right so I wonder if it was just a sample yeah. Which would make it a little bit I guess bit the drums smaller. don't really sound completely real, so that's fair. They don't really sound that. that, And yeah. they're not very big. There's some guitar, but it's mostly, it's probably mostly samples. Um, but yeah, so yeah. that's kind of, you and know, keys, that's kind yeah. of a cool thing. And then you got the song by, songs by key, figure eight, which. Um, Love that. I'm nerding out hard for I that. Know. Yeah. You have one song in a minor key, which is only heart, is in G minor. Um, but the rest of them, you know, are there and you have songs 
in five one two three in five different keys really six if you count the minor yeah it's just so, it's just five yeah, yeah. exactly and it's mm. uh, what's really interesting and kind of strange uh, obviously not intentional but is that they're all <laughs> keys that are neighbors to each other yes it goes it goes d e f g a and like that's that's it those are the only keys that he visits and obviously g minor is for only harp right. but it's just kind of wild to me because it's like you know, there's a whole spectrum of notes out there. Yeah, and most of them are in. <laughs> kind of crazy. Most of them are in D and G, uh, the keys of D yes. and key of G. There's yeah. only one in F, one as in are A. Most um, songs in general. That's right, yeah. songs in general. But you know, I thought yeah. it was very interesting that there's not a there wasn't a song in C, which that may just for those of you who are musical or maybe even not musical. And I thought about this, Jeff. We talked a lot about capos and different uh, different tunings and and all that kind of stuff and we were kind of nerding out on that in the last episode but i thought you know there's probably yeah. a lot of people who don't get any of that so we probably need to do a better job of like explaining what those things mean right so what a capo does mm-hmm. what an alternate tuning is uh and we'll uh, as we get to some of these songs and we talk about those things we'll 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 explain them a little bit yeah more fortunately for, for the non fortunately there are alternate tunings in that's this right, album yeah. so that's good so yeah. um no K. I was surprised at the lack of capos for this album, yep. though. There was like no, capo no capos songs. It was very, yeah. well, very it's, ballsy. <laughs> well, home life is capo technically if when he plays it acoustic, right? Doesn't he? Cap- uh, he no. doesn't capo it's, home it's life. It's just a whole step down. Oh, no, it's a whole whole step geez, down. Louise. Yeah. Well, there you go. That is very yeah. interesting. <laughs> that is very interesting. Yeah. And then you have song tempo by Seek, which which is which is a, actually a really cool way to look at a whole album. On how fast right. songs go and why and how they kind of start out mid tempo takes you fast mm-hmm. drops down takes you up drops way down super fast only yeah. heart and then super slow ending with wheel. Um, I I love I love seeing it like this. It helps you appreciate his because uh, I, I assume the track listing was you know a collaboration of him and the uh, label, yes. but mostly him. I love the way that they space out the album like yeah. this. And I would not have guessed that Split Screen Sadness was faster than Home Life uh, on a BPM rate. That's kind of interesting. That is very to me. interesting. It's like a little bit, yeah. a little bit faster. So BPM. Like home Life right there is at, uh, yeah, beats per measure. That's the tempo. Yep. Yeah, so it's just how fast the um, song is, right? Like how yeah. fast you're snapping. Yeah. How fast are you snapping to the beat yeah. of a song, basically? And Home Life is like five BPM slower, mm-hmm. it appears. Yep. Then, then uh, maybe maybe three or four, um, because it's not really exact. Yeah, but that is interesting. Split screen sadness, which is kind of surprising. I yeah, because it's a it's a ballad. It's more of a ballad, and home life is more upbeat. It feels like it. At Same least. keys, yeah. but you know, yeah. It's amazing how you can how the tempo of a song could be so similar, but you can still make it feel faster or slower without changing yeah, the just, tempo. Just make the strings super yeah. sad. Just <laughs> <laughs> and then and then so here's one of my favorite figures actually went out of order it's it's i'm going around kind of clockwise on the vinyl but it's it's out of order in the figure numbers now that i'm looking at it the last one i'm looking at is figure five technically which is okay the body one which is suggested body sorry body which is the (laughs) suggested target points (laughs) this is so weird so they're so dumb (laughs) i feel like this is a little like this is more John here. He's like, hey, let's just kind of yeah. put some funny things here. He has color icons that point to certain certain um, uh, parts of the body. Okay, so the target point that that song maybe is supposed to help you feel right. So yes, New Deep, very good example, is pointing to the head. All right, makes sense, right? 
Yeah. It's kind of s- supposed to be cerebral. Same thing with clarity. It's pointing to the head. Uh, you have something's missing. It's pointing to the head and to the heart. Totally makes sense, yeah. right? That's a head and heart song, Perfect. right? My head. Yeah. It's it's about yeah. your head being in That's conflict right. with your That's heart. Exactly yeah. right. But then you have things like wheel, which is pointing to wheel your thigh. No <laughs> That's it. Your, Just your, your thigh. thigh. No, nope. Not your heart. Not nope. your head. Wheels pointing to your thigh. Not your hand for waving and hello and goodbye. Uh, your thigh. Yeah, big, <laughs> bigger than my body is to the forearm, which the only thing I can think of is maybe like... <laughs> just think of like flapping <laughs> because he's trying to fly Flapping your arms yeah. fla- trying to fly yeah, yeah trying to fly flapping your arms maybe but it's i love that daughters is your heart and your hand yeah there you go it's very literal with the lyrical right. uh, uh interpretation that, yeah that, that's exactly that, that's i don't i wouldn't even yeah. th- thought about that yes that's it's exactly li- it's very very literal that's the only one that i could yeah. i could picture being literal i guess and then you have home life which is on your shoulders which again I equate shoulders. It's a groove, I guess. I don't. I don't know. know. I equate shoulders with like a burden. So um, maybe it's a burden to not be at home or to be. I, I have no idea. Some of these make sense. Some of them don't. Um, definitely, John. You got to let us know why is wheel. This is full, John. Why yeah. is wheel supposed to target your thigh? <laughs> Maybe he was just like, I'm not giving enough attention to the lower body. I got to. That could be it because Uh, it's it is kind of symmetrical a little bit. Um, So come back to bed is the feet, the heart, and the mouth. I thought that was kind of interesting. You know, come yeah, yeah, that is interesting. All right, so that's that's the insert. If you like that, I'm sure you can find it. uh, If you don't have the actual CD, oh yeah, I'm looking at it on on Imager, Imger, whatever it's called. Imager is what I'm looking at it on, and it's got like the all of it uploaded. Yeah, type type in, um, or just go look on our Instagram. I posted pictures of it on our Instagram as well, and you can kind of follow along there a little bit. Uh, But yeah, that's you know, I I definitely see somebody posted about this, and I totally agree with this, and I do need to read this because um, it did make perfect sense here. It will all make perfect sense someday, but it also. Ah, that's a great one. That's um, a great deep cut. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll talk, talk about, about it yeah. at some point. He <laughs> said, this is what it's stir.gif or gif, if you want to, however you want to pronounce it. When I posted this, yeah. these images, someone said, I love how weirdly self-absorbed but playful this is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he said, it's so John. And I was like, it's so true. that is, yep. Playful and self-absorbed. It's a great way to put yeah, that. That's that's definitely true. So um, feels like John in a nutshell to me. Yeah, playful and self-absorbed. Yeah. So he's he's um, and you know I was thinking about even the th- the idea of heavier things. This is all kind of uh, arbitrary information. Like it's not really important to the actual songs. Um, you know, to the lyrical content, maybe the keywords and the target points, but I feel like even those are a little tongue in cheek, uh, to some extent. Yeah. Um, but where it was written, the file size, the key, the tempo, those are arbitrary. Like, uh, unless you're a geek or unless you just kind of, um, really enjoy that type of data, those aren't, yeah. um, important to per se to a song uh they are data about a song you typically don't go you know what i want to write a song in g that is uh, 120 bpm like that's not what you do you usually write a song and it ends up being in g and it's 120 bpm 
right? Like that's kind of how right. it works. Uh, and that data is really data after the fact, not important. So I just, you know, mm-hmm. it's just kind of like this arbitrary information that is important, but it's not really like this doesn't tell you about the song. Like it gives you information, like objective information about the song, but it doesn't really tell yeah, you about the true. song. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't give you, it's not perspective information. Yeah. And, and he certainly would never give that to you because it's uh, not not so explicitly. He would probably lay it out for yeah. you so you can think about well, it. Well, that's not art. That's right? what a songwriter like, shouldn't do. Right. Shouldn't really give you feet, spoon feed you details exactly on what right. the song means. You know, it's like, it's so. like going to an art museum. Like you're reading the description to an extent. When this was painted, what kind of art is this? What kind of, you know, medium this is? And yeah, those things are important to know, but it's really mm-hmm. looking at the painting that is the enjoyable part of art, not knowing the facts, the arbitrary facts about yeah. it. Uh, so anyway, I, it's interesting data. You know, I think a lot of people pine yeah, over this. I, I really nerded I out too. about I, it for sure. I, I have spent many a time just kind of looking at this, t- so, you know, certain things have jumped out at me just like they did right now with, uh, with split screen sadness being written in Atlanta. I was like, Oh, well maybe that means that, you know, it's been around longer than we think. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, it is, it is kind of, um, arbitrary, but yeah, maybe not. All right. So let's get to, uh, some, some different facts about this album released September 9th, 2003 was recorded partly in New York, partly in California. Uh, the genre soft rock and pop. Okay, I can kind of see that. You know, it's not definitely not acoustic rock, mm-hmm. soft rock, pop. And the producer. I want to get into the producer. So I hear more pop than uh, than yes, rock uh, and, than soft uh, rock and, and what he did yeah. previously for sure. Producer. So the producer of this album was actually the mixer of the last album, and it's a guy named Jack Joseph Puig. Many of you have probably heard of him. Uh, Jeff, you have uh, a an opinion about this album being loud explain that talk about that it's it's just uh at a just a higher volume higher volume like it's just that's what i mean by that is like i don't really have i kind of have to turn it down when i play this album if especially if i'm if i'm doing a road trip or something and Uh i go from room for squares to heavier things to continuum i have to turn it down when i go to heavier things because it's too friggin it's just (laughs) leveled loud it's everything's just loud and uh there's just no there's a lack of dynamics with this album, I think. Like, everything's just kind of turned up. Yeah. There's no... Um, I, th- I think you're exactly know, everything's right. Everything's just kind of leveled out. I think you're exactly right. And as I kind of... I I, t- I did a search for Jeff, Jack Joseph Puig. He's done a lot. He's actually won a lot of Grammys. Yeah, he's accomplished. Um, he, yeah. Like, here's just a short list of people he's worked with and albums he's worked on. He's worked with Goo Goo Dolls, uh, Dizzy Up the Girl. Um, he was... he. Uh, I think he won a Grammy for Iris which is a great song. Um, the Verve Pipe, The Freshman. Yeah, I, love, I love that song on Unabashedly, yes. for sure. The Verve Pipe, The Freshman. Um, he worked on that song. Love I that love too. that song. Uh, he worked with Jars of Clay, Counting Crows, No Doubt, um, Switchfoot. He worked with Lady Gaga on in Fame Monster in that album, which was, I think, kind of like her. Pretty yeah. loud album. So, <laughs> And here's kind of, as I, as I started digging into him, I started kind of seeing this criticism that around this time he um, was cr- kind of making loud albums. It seems like like uh, there wasn't a lot of dynamic, like you mentioned, and um, you know I think we talked about last time the the lost episode, 
<laughs> in the lost uh, my stupid podcast <laughs> yeah. episode where we talked about mixing and mastering and kind of that whole um process and what that looks like and one of my again i i mentioned this before i will probably mention metallica in every episode at least to some extent there was an album that they came out with in 2008 and it was they they say it was a casualty of the loudness wars so this is happening across genres where albums and songs are getting loud and what we mean by that Mm -hmm. is just like jeff said if you put headphones on especially if you put headphones on and you're listening to like let's say room for squares and then you move over to heavier things you might your your ears might start getting tired after listening to heavier things yeah, because it's just absolutely. it's at a higher level and you may ha- you may see yourself having to turn it down back you know in the 70s 80s 90s um even earlier than that but i that's kind of where my mind goes back there used to be songs and there still are today uh when you listen to older songs from that time if you're listening to the song and a quiet part came on a song hey turn that up like a, and you'd have to turn it up to hear hear the quiet part, and that's because there was a wide dynamic range. There was there wasn't what we call compression, and um, those of you who are musicians and who do recording and all that stuff, you know what compression is. But the, for those of you who don't, basically what compression does for when you put compression on an audio track is it levels out everything to be a certain level, so it makes the quiet parts louder, and it makes the louder parts quieter. But for the most part. Most of the time, it's not making the quiet, the louder parts quiet. It's making the quiet parts louder. So it's it's kind of um, pe- making making it to where you can hear everything at the same level. Even though there might be not be instruments at that point, yeah. it might be a quieter part of the song. The vocals aren't as loud; they're a little bit more reserved. But the volume is kind of boosted up a little bit. It's co- you know, so that's that's kind of what compression does: is it levels out an entire track. And we, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of times guitarists will use this on their guitars to kind of uh, make, you know, uh, just to add some clarity to their guitar, uh, to the, their guitar tone, especially clean tones and, and things like that. But um, so what's happening during this time, and it seems like Jack Joseph Pewick does this, is there's a lot of compression on his albums during this time and albums in general. Um Stuff was getting loud, and from what I've researched about this kind of phenomena before, is that uh, there were think producers and re- record companies were like, if we can make it louder, it will get um, more airplay. It'll get noticed. Louder means better. So mm-hmm. it, we need it to get more airplay. We need people to notice this song. So let's make it as loud as we can. And going back to my other love, Metallica, um, they came out with this album in 2008 that was like, when you put it into an audio um, program and you see the waveforms, it's just like peaked. The whole album is like peaked to the, to, to the, uh, to the maximum. Like yeah. it's just... Uh, You'll hear that on this yeah. one too. On, on, on Some people sure. even... As I've as I've done some more research on this, some people have even said they hear distortion. It's so loud, like they hear a little wow. bit of like a little bit of peaking and distortion on some things because it's so loud, and that's what will happen. Yeah. So you think about a guitar, right? A guitar that's overdriven 
gets distorted and that's that rock sound that we love that's an example of this yeah. so like if you ever had um if you've ever had speakers or like a stereo system and you turned it up too loud and it starts getting distorted sounding that's kind of what we're talking about that that idea of it being too loud you got to turn it turn turn the volume down a little bit so that it doesn't overload like the speakers or anything like that and as you're recording you're typically recording to a level to where uh um, a mixer or you know an audio engineer can adjust those levels later especially they can boost stuff bring stuff down what happened in the Metallica debacle it's not really that big of a debacle but uh, they got criticized a lot for it is that by the time the mastering engineer got the mix the tracks that had been mixed he says it was already brick walled meaning that it was the loudest it could be there was nothing he could do to make it softer like it was just it was and that's not mastering's job yeah they're supposed to be amplifying it right yeah it's like bringing out the dynamics more yeah Yeah. and, and you know, they they put it into they bring all the tracks that have already been mixed and they put it into one stereo track to send off to the record company to set off to be pressed, whether right. it's vinyl, CD, cassette, whatever they, you know, digital uh, that that becomes the final product. And, um, you know, I think he gets criticized a lot during this time for this phenomena. So you're not you know, it's not like it's it's a uh, um, you're not the I'm yeah, not crazy. You're not crazy. Yay. All that to say, that <laughs> if you if you're out there and you think the same thing, you're like, man, this. I feel like a lot of people. A way to describe this sometimes is people will sometimes feel tired after listening to an album if it's too loud. So their ears will feel t- feel tired. If you maybe fe- have felt that during this, you're not alone. It's not just you. This this album. It sounds like objectively was recorded louder. Um, yes. Even whenever you know at the beginning of our podcast. There's, I have that that medley that kind of goes from uh, Room for Squares into Heavier Things into Continuum into Battle Studies at the beginning of our of this podcast, right? The episodes I have that little, right, right. Whenever I put that in to to take those those um, those tracks to create that, I had to put them in an audio program and I could see the waveforms. And I had to turn bigger than my body down more than any of the other ones. Yeah, I had to bring absolutely. it down. To match the volume of the rest of the songs, which yeah, the rest of his discography yeah, doesn't have this it issue. Have in that my issue. Opinion, so so anyway, um, even tracing doesn't have this <laughs> problem. Tracing's like was written and recorded right. around the same time. Right. Why is again? Why isn't tracing on this album? I think I'm just going to mention that every every episode. Why isn't tracing an official release? Uh, but anyway, so he's he he uh, worked with this, and actually John mentioned that um, with him as producer loops and horns were just more prominently figure uh, featured i guess he was a proponent of these things he he was this guy who would who would bring a lot of that stuff along um to yeah. to add uh, especially the loops and the horns horns so um it did say he took greater control of the creative side of this album along with uh, jack joseph doing doing a adding some loops and horns and all those kind of auxiliary type things, which this album is known for. So yeah. And it shaped the way John writes music uh, going forward. So I thank you to this yeah, album. I love for this that. album. Um, yeah. Again, this, yeah, this may here. be even with all its quirks, uh, it might be my favorite album. I'm probably going to say that with everything now I'm going to be like, Oh yeah. Room for squares might be my favorite. 
no, heavier things might be my favorite. No, continual might be my favorite. Yeah. It changes, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say that I every know. episode, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're going to be like, you said that last time. Um, oh, no, Paradise Valley is my favorite. No, it's not, Jeff. Shut up. Okay, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> so um, on, this, on this album, we have obviously John doing all the vocals and guitar. We have somebody named Lenny Castro um, doing percussion, which... Uh, Again, I don't know who that is. And then you have Jamie uh, Mahubrak doing piano. All right. So he he uh, takes care of a lot of the piano. But you have a lot of other people doing Keys, stuff. Yeah, you have Dela playing bass on a lot of these album, uh, a lot of these uh, tracks. You have, um, gosh, now I'm, I'm missing it. I'm missing all the track. Uh, you, you got a lot of people doing stuff. Okay, let's just let's just let's just move forward <laughs> from that. Um, there's uh, the, yeah. Uh, most famously on track one, you have well Matt Chamberlain oh, is, yes. is doing a ton of, on drums because yes. he's he's a regular. I think he was on Room for Squares too. But he uh, he and Questlove are doing drums That's for Clarity. Correct. Questlove, the most famous contributor. That's on That's correct. Yeah, we um, do need to mention that because and he does it. Doesn't yeah. he play with him on like a Chappelle show skit? also yeah he does yeah, yeah. Need- i was i'm wondering if where they if they met from that or from yeah, this i don't know like i'm wondering where they met he's from def- because it was aired around the same and time john mayer definitely looks like heavier things john mayer he's wearing like the yeah the trench the like the, yeah, the black he's got the jacket with the hoodie, with the hoodie. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah that's exactly right white people dancing that's yeah, a great that sketch everybody watched that um, it's so funny you have matt chamberlain doing drums uh steve jordan does drums on a lot of these tracks. So. Yeah, he does. His first appearance on Mayor's stuff. Yeah, yeah so he's going to be a staple from now on, um, from here going forward, at least live. You know, uh, you have Michael Chavez doing guitar on track three, uh, which I have... A, which is great, because right. he was on that. And he that's right. Playing and that we'll guitar, get to so. my big gripe about track three. Um, and You're totally that justified. Ha- that has to do with Michael justified. Chavez. Some of you probably know what I'm going to say. Um, you have somebody just named Leroy... Leroy doing programming <laughs> on track seven. <laughs> and then actually JJ Johnson, yeah. he plays drums on only heart. So, uh, yeah. And you can, you can feel it. He plays drums looser than most yeah. drummers. Yeah, do. I it could feels see it. like, I don't know. Just something about the way he hits. I could definitely see that type of snare he uses. I have no idea what it is, but I could, I just feel JJ behind. The yeah. And, and JJ would go on to be his, playing. uh, live drummer for a little bit. At, and then Steve Jordan yeah. would eventually replace. after continuum yeah. and, think he was in battle studies too yeah i might have been steve jordan at that point i don't know and then you have uh some additional personnel just i do want to mention just one person who's uh uh credited here and that's chad franskoviak who's who does engineering who now does all i think all a lot of his engineering in the studio but all of his front of house um engineering at live shows so chad f a lot of times is what he's um uh, said about you know yeah. called on John the, calls him a, the, a friend engineer. That's right. They used to live together or something. Something right? like that. I think they were roommates and um, they're good friends. And he's he's always the guy that's at front of house um, running sound at the at the John Mayer shows. So a lot of fans that are deep, like people on Reddit and stuff like that, they they talk about going to him and he'll get them set lists and having a good little chat with him. He's kind of a a good. Uh, it seems like he he talks to fans and kind of gives them a little bit of uh, attention when people go, you know, hey, you're Chad, you know, you're the Chad. So anyway, those are just a few of the people that we wanted to mention here. But let's let's jump in to the track listing. And as we do that, we will also um, as we hit the tracks that won Grammys 
or oh no there is one more thing i wanted to mention before we jump into that sorry this was released as a cd as a cassette as an lp record and also jeff as a super audio cd all right that's right SACD. so i had no idea what an SACD was when i when i saw this i was on discogs which if you uh if you collect like records and and things like that discogs is just a way for you to catalog them it's this online catalog that you can create your own uh collections on there and sell stuff as well but it's a good place to go to to look at all these official and unofficial releases from out from artists and i was on discogs looking at heavier things and it was released as super audio cd never heard of it had no idea what that was but basically it's this 5.1 surround sound um kind of uh audio that for audio files that was only really um popular like from 97 to like 2008 so for about 10 years certain albums got released on super audio cd people there's people who are ingrained in this culture so like they collect a lot of them and uh from what i know from what i saw is there wasn't a lot of difference between this and the regular CD. Um, and in general, between Super Audio CD, it was kind of this novelty thing that people were coming out with. There were these Super Audio CD players that were expensive and um, it had all these different speakers and there were larger files that were on these, CD- these CDs. And as they did some blind tests, um, kind of studying how people heard them, most people couldn't ever tell a difference. So... <laughs> because of that, because everything's starting to go digital, because you know, at at, at this exact same time, they're releasing a new audio physical format. People are stopping buying physical formats. Like that's this is the downfall, right? Like this is this is yeah. Napster. This is uh, iTunes has now started to to di- to um, to take over. iTunes is like selling songs for 99 cents what i can buy a song for 99 cents right and and have it on my ipod yeah. and have it on my computer and all these different things so uh as physical media people are stopping they're not buying physical media anymore i guess some company decides hey we're gonna make a new physical medium <laughs> and and try and promote it wasn't a good time for it i i think timing was a part of it short-sighted yeah. goal yeah timing uh just the audio quality wasn't as good so i wonder if anybody Reach out to us if you have an SACD of heavier things. I would love to to hear from someone who who has a copy of this. But also, what was released with this a lot of places was this green heavier things EP. Um, I don't know if you've ever mm-hmm. seen this before. I've seen it. I've never seen it act like physically. I've only seen it online. Yeah, only online. But it was this card sleeve promo. Uh, you know, it was. Here's this free EP uh, when you buy heavier things. And it had um, Clarity Acoustic on it, Neon Live, Come Back to Bed Live, Clarity, uh, a single remix of Clarity. And also it had Kid A, which is one of your favorite covers. Yeah. Right? It sounds nothing like the original yeah. at all. And I love it. Yeah. I mean, I still love the original. I mean, Radiohead's one of my favorite. Oh, of good. John Mayer. But uh, um it, I, man, it's I would have never pictured uh, re uh, what's what's it called the not recomposing reimagining. Yes, I guess reimagining. There's another word I was looking for <laughs> uh, musically speaking, but whatever, it's fine. Uh, reimagining that song as an acoustic track. It's so bizarre because those chords are so weird. The song is weird in general. God, I love that cover so much. And yeah, he he started doing that at, at like one of those so 
older gigs. Were you Radiohead fan before this? I don't so, think so. I don't even think even from this song I wasn't even a fan of them. Like it was just like this is like a weird one-off song. I was like, "Oh, that's kind of cool." So you heard this version first. I joined a rock band. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't until years later when I joined a rock band that I was introduced to early Radiohead, which is more rock and grunge oriented. Yeah. Up until I think OK Computers when they started turning a corner, but there's still a lot of rock in mm-hmm. that album. Um and then after that I just followed the evolution, you know, f- to all their weird synth stuff yeah, that they do yeah. nowadays i love it love them so much cool i'm you know i never i never dove deep into radiohead so i'm gonna need you to give me like hey listen to these 10 songs yeah you're gonna need to send those to For me sure right. so let's get into the track by track um and we'll talk about the singles as we get to the singles any grammys that were won uh for uh any singles hint it was daughter's <laughs> uh, by the way, <laughs> spoiler alert: Daughters was the one that won totally the nice. Grammys. So we'll get, we'll get to that in a second. But let's start it out. Clarity, um, man, what a interesting and strong song to start out this um, album with. What, yeah. what what are your thoughts on Clarity, Jeff? That's what I mentioned when I was streaming this uh, when when it dropped on MTV.com and his website a week early. Uh, this was uh, the first track that you hear because we all knew bigger than my body. But this was like, what does this sound like? You know, with a, in a studio setting. So yeah, this kind of blew my mind. I didn't know. Uh, I'd never heard anything like this from John in, in a studio setting or otherwise, with this many layers and uh, this type of vibe. This type of, I mean, it's in the lyrics that it mentions the month of June and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it's got like a very summer vibe to it, uh, a chill vibe. Um, about, well, I mean, definitely about clarity. Obviously, that's the name of that. That's the title of the song, which isn't even uttered once in the song. <laughs> that's uh, true. That's great. I love that. <laughs> yep. It's not like clarity, clarity. Well, no, maybe, maybe it was like in the ooze, and he was like, now that doesn't sound yeah. clarity. Clarity. Uh, <laughs> clarity. What, John? John Mayer, did you just walk in? Yeah. I think John Mayer just walked in. I just heard him sing that part. Um, but uh, no, um, this is, you know, I didn't even though this is one of my favorite songs at of all of all of his songs um I don't think I really knew what it was about for a long time <laughs> I mean neither I, and and honestly after even researching and kind of reading what people say and what even he said I still am not sure maybe <laughs> I don't yeah. know exactly what this is about I feel like he has a as a writer, he has a better grasp on what the song is in the first half than the second half of the I song. I could see that. That's my opinion on the it. The first half makes a lot of sense to me, especially with what he said. Yeah. So, you know, even on the Wikipedia article on this um, on this song, it says the song's meaning is not immediately clear. Thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> some yes. some say validation. Yeah, some say it's coming to terms with the relationship. Some say it's just about somebody's own self perception. But here's what he said in 2007. John introduced Clarity as a song written about the first few seconds after waking up in the morning when you don't remember all of the problems and worries in your life. And as I read, especially the first, um, the first two verses and then the chorus, um, and then even into the sec, the, the third verse, not the last part of the third verse, we'll get to that, but so think about this. You're waking up in the morning. And um, so 
imagine laying in bed and then these lyrics start to make a little bit more sense to me. I worry, I weigh three times my body. Right. I worry, I throw my fear around. So, you know, I'm I'm a worrier. I, that's what I do. I have anxiety. You know, I, I think about things. I overthink things too much. He says, but this morning, there's a calm I can't explain. The rock candy's melted. Only diamonds now remain. By the time I recognize this moment, this moment will be gone, but I will bend the light pretending that it somehow lingered on. And yeah. um, what you just read is my favorite part of it. The by the time I recognize this moment onward that. Yeah. That is a great summary yeah. of the song. That's what I always took away from it, even if I didn't understand the larger yes. picture sometimes. Yes. Um, I will bend the light pretending that it somehow lingered on. I I was thinking about this song the other day when I woke up in the morning. Um, and the light was coming in from my window as I was waking up. And I was kind of like squinting a little bit. And like in my, in my vision, the light was quote unquote bending and i was like i wonder if that's what he was talking about like he's trying to like stay in that state like you're trying to stay in that moment like right when you wake up trying to maybe go back to sleep anyway even though your brain even though your brain has moved on and woken up and started to worry about things that it somehow lingered oh man this is you know it's really really good um well, I was going to say the beginning too. The first opening line, "I worry away three times my body's." He's he's got three Grammys by this point, yeah. and I think he's worried about his ego, uh, pretty much, because uh, oh, he yeah. mentions right after that he goes, "I worry I throw my weight around." So he's saying, "I worry I throw my success in people's right. face or something right. like that." So these are the things that are going through his mind. I that's how, uh, how I took those lyrics. Interesting. When that that's going through his mind. Uh, I guess before or when he's awake or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Cause you know, if you imagine this song being about that moment, uh, you know, when you're waking up yeah. and nothing else matters, uh, which is the best explanation I've heard. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it did come from him directly, that right? It came from him directly, but I think he's also yeah. said other things. So, <laughs> you know, he, he, um, and which he could mean all of them. Like parts of it could be this parts of it could be that, you know, it, it, um, just because he says sometimes confl- conflicting things about the song doesn't necessarily mean he's just like making things up or lying about it or anything, right? Like he could be saying, "Oh, this it could they could both be true um, to an extent." So mm-hmm. you know, there's a, there's this this it, whenever just like you said, if you just finished listening to Room for Squares and then you put this on, this is a departure from that album immediately. Yeah. Um, you have that, uh, is it a piano that starts it? Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Yeah. It's just that, that G D yeah. type of chord dun, 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 repetition and, the and then over it is yeah, the piano. The snaps. Yeah. The, the snaps, yeah. but yeah, the piano, uh, that he wrote, uh, and, uh, and then the horns that he wrote on top right. of that, uh, everything's layered on this thing too. Yeah. Like I, it's so, it's so thought out. This I, I like the way, even the chorus, I like the way the, um, when he plays it acoustic, that dun, dun, and he's like yeah. doing it with his right hand. And he's just, again, so percussive and precise with his right hand. He mm-hmm. can just do so much when he's hitting that, hitting the playing with his fingers. Um, you can, you can hear the electric guitar doing that rhythm, 
during the song, but it's like a little bit more faint. It's da 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 the horns more layering man yeah it's it's really good and and he plays it differently when he plays it acoustic like sometimes he'll play that at the bottom of the neck where he's where he just kind of plays the main chords sometimes yeah. he does it he'll yeah, switch it up just, that's yeah. that's super cool that he does that because i remember like seeing him play those different i was like he's playing it different than i saw him do that before on a video somewhere or something yeah so uh it's pretty you know this is um very similar and feel to like split screen sadness, maybe like you would have, it's not acoustic guitar driven or even electric guitar driven. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's got a lot of ambiance, a lot of, uh, synth type sounds. Um, and, um, I think the falsettos are very brave and bold is what I wrote down. Um, I agree. I can't even do it right now. Very yeah, difficult. Very difficult to do. I can't yeah. do the higher. And he, uh, I used to be able to do that. Dang he, it. When he does it live, like it's it's really good when he, especially around this time when he's doing it live, when he would like extend it and keep going towards at the end, and he just almost is like screaming at the very end, doing the falsettos. Yeah. Um, that is that is mad yeah. man. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's really really good. The only thing I don't understand is. So much wasted in the afternoon, so much sacred in the month of June. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Okay. Um, did something happen in June? It rhymes. That's true. There you go. Yeah. How about you? How about you? What? How about me? What? Yeah. I'm confused. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Wait a minute. What, are you asking me a question? I don't, what do you mean? <laughs> did I waste something in June? I, like, I don't, yeah, I guess June is yeah. cool. <laughs> Thanks for throwing it to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's the that's one of the only um also the the part right before that where um was there a second in time I looked around, did I sell through or drop my anchor down? Okay, I'm still tracking. Yeah. Was anything enough to kiss the ground and say I'm here now? Okay, I I'm you know, I'm, I'm taking the that. metaphor of like the beach, right? And it's following the Yeah, theme. and you're like Yeah. But then and she is here now. Who's she? Is it Clarity is clarity. She, I don't. <laughs> it, I don't understand. Yeah, I don't understand either. But, it's like he tried to put it, put it quite suddenly in, in the context of a love right. song, even though it never and was. Maybe one. he's just person. Maybe he's like personifying one. whatever clarity is. Like this, this, this. That's this a possibility. Thing is like he's personifying, yeah. or if it is about a relationship, it's it's a little bit more literal. Um. I was going to say, I forgot to bring up that there was a set of videos. I was watching these websites like a hawk. Maybe score one more for me.com uh-huh. and some other websites. Like My Stupid Mouth, the forum that I still frequent, would post videos like Mad Men uh, yeah. whenever he would uh, release new acoustic videos. But he was doing a lot of acoustic settings like for AOL, yes. whatever. And he was playing this one. And that's where I heard. That's probably where you heard yes. the acoustic version yes. of this. Where he's sitting and on he a... he did acoustic version of Bigger Than My Body. He's sitting on a and, stool and it's kind of like... Yeah, like bluish, blackish, it's, red. It's like a studio. Yeah. It's like a closed. Yeah, yeah use curtains yes. and and yeah, it's it's awesome, man. That. It's I don't know if you could still find those videos. I couldn't find that exact video the way I remember yeah. it, 
uh, on on YouTube, but you can find acoustic. I mean, well, he's I played mean, this song acoustic so many it, times. By the time you recognize that moment, it was gone. You know, the moment was gone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was glued to those yeah. videos, man. It was so good. Uh, I was referencing the, uh, the lyric. Yeah. You missed it. I, I was trying to make a joke. No, <laughs> but it's true though. Yeah. No, lyric is applicable. Um, yeah, the, this song is great. This is one of my favorite songs uh, by him. In general, not to mention one of my favorite songs on this album. So, uh, I like the ending. You know, I will wait to find if this will last forever. Um, and I will pay no mind when it won't, because it won't. But then, I will waste no time worried about no rainy weather. Maybe it's just that's just a metaphor of bad things in life. I'm not. This is teaching me to yeah. not worry as much about things that I, maybe I can't control in my life. Uh, the rainy weather. Yeah. I can't. What, what am I? Am I gonna, supposed to worry about that? I can't control that. I can't let that control me. Yeah. Um, I will waste no time remaining in our lives together. Well, maybe again. Okay, maybe this is about a relationship. Maybe it's half and half. Maybe it's there is a here thing. Yeah, her yeah, thing. Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, she, she, her. <laughs> it's one of my favorite songs, and I'm but I'm still not quite sure exactly what it's all about. Uh, yeah. Maybe that's a it good felt thing. Like he, uh, again, it kind of felt like he had to finish yeah. it a little bit. Uh, like, you know, we, we got an album to do here, guys. We let's, let's just finish it. <laughs> um, I always, do you like the fade out? Are you a fan of fade outs in general? Yeah. I you like, like fade, fade outs. outs? There's a, I haven't ended a song that way in a very long time because I write my songs the way I'm playing to end them live live. Yeah. Cause I play them on open mics on acoustic guitar, but I do like fade outs, especially, uh, especially his, like he's got some of the best ones. Like this one has a really cool fade out. Um, and new light has a really cool mm-hmm. fade out too. Um, more recently where it, like the synth starts coming in, it starts getting really freaking jazzy and cool. And then it's like, the re- I think it fades out and you're like, yeah, I think I don't like <laughs> fade outs because I'm like, I want to, I want to hear what's happening. <laughs> like I, I want to yeah. know what, what was going on at the end. What happened after the volume turned all the way down? Was there something cool mm-hmm. that happened after that? That now I'm never going to hear. Like, I, I feel like I missed out. Um, and, uh, you know, some songs will end with like a guitar solo going off, right? Like fading off into the back, you know, as, as, uh, and I'm like, man, I, I want to hear how that ended. And, uh, he ends this good live. Um, you know, as, yeah. He does, yeah. Especially when um, a lot of the as is stuff, whenever he ended the set, the entire set with this song. Um, and it's just yeah. going on into, you know, he's continuing and he's introducing the band and all that stuff. And, um, yeah. and it's just, it just keeps going and, but, 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 I love, but, 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 it's like, yeah, man, it's, it's, I, I, it's yeah. so cool. And they would quiet it down and bring uh-huh. it back. And it was so cool. Yeah. Uh, I love that at the very end, very, very end too, of the song live, uh, at least on the as is versions that we heard that it would like. They would finish the song and the horns would still be going. Oh yeah. And yes. I love that. It's just such a small Here's touch. Think, I think love about that. that on this album. How cool would have that been yeah. to end it that way? Yeah. Bum bum. And then Dang it, John. That was missed. You should have done it on the album. Man, I do love that. Miss those horns now. I do love that how how that ended on that. Oh my gosh, you're right. I totally yeah, forgot that so that's cool. how it ended on the live versions. All right. Well, let's move on. Let's move on to Bigger Than My Body. Um, body. Body. Yeah. Bigger Than My Body. And <laughs> Body. That's how John yeah. Mayo says and it. And I guess <laughs> we decided that this is a reference to Your Body's a Wonderland, right? Like, it's got to be. 
Oh uh, yeah, that's that's a that's a working theory, and it, but it feels like it could be. At the same time, that's not what he said the inspiration was, but it feels like it could be because a lot of people only knew him for yeah. that. And he's, you could argue he's saying I'm more than just that song with the word body in it. I'm more than that body's a Wonderland yeah, song. Yeah, I feel like you could say that now that now that we because we discussed this on the last the lost episode, which we will the we will continue episode. to refer to as the lost episode. Um, we did discuss that a little bit, and I think. I don't know how I have missed this. <laughs> like even that thought that this is referencing your body's Wonderland, but I feel like it's obvious. I'm bigger than that song. Um, and that's the yeah. whole, that's what the song is about. Like it's, he's bigger than what um, he looks like or bigger than what maybe he's known for. Uh, and mm-hmm. uh, we'll, we'll overcome those things. Um but let's talk about the guitar effect on this album. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, it's super, super cool on this rec- on this song, not this yeah. album, the song. Um, the guitar effect is done by this Adrenaline 3 pedal that I've looked up. And it's basically a stock effect on this pedal that does, a ba- when you hit it, when you hit a, gu- uh, a chord on a guitar through this pedal, it does this arpeggiator, arpeggio type things um, and just kind of, I don't know if it randomly does it or has like an algorithm that it uses. I feel like it's not random because it sounds the same every time he does it. But um, you'll hear a similar effect on Heartbreak Warfare um, at the beginning. Where he's that guitar lick at the very beginning of Heartbreak Warfare. Um, I don't trust myself. Um when he you know that that kind of it's it's similar i i think i read that he uses the same pedal at all those um on heartbreak warfare i could probably very much hear it i'm not sure about i don't trust myself we're gonna have to have one of those gearhead people that follow us follow me uh yeah yeah. Let us know. Yeah. Please, Let us know please those, email us because I'm not sure about this. That's what I read, That, uh, but if, if they're the same pedal, at least, not me- not necessarily yeah. the same settings, but the same type of pedal. Mm. But you can kind of hear it a little bit on Heartbreak Warfare, I think. But um, it's super cool. It's actually not very complicated once you take out that, that effect pedal. Uh, but it sounds no, really complicated just because of the sounds effect. sounds very busy. Yeah. yeah. Um, and... Uh, I remember this was uh, this was the first single, and I remember waiting for this video to sh- to watch on VH1. I think I think you and I were doing the same thing yeah, then, waiting for the yeah. song, waiting for it to. I fe- that was our first ever listen of yeah, it. Yeah, I feel like I was. W- they were going to do this big premiere, and I had a friend of mine with us. I remember exactly who we were. We were in our in my dorm room, sitting on my Goodwill brown couch that i had bought for like 30 dollars. that was probably i don't i can't even believe that i bought a couch from goodwill and put it in my dorm room (laughs) how disgusting that couch probably was i didn't we didn't clean it we didn't do anything we picked it up went was like oh that's a nice couch let's buy it and we just threw it in our dorm room um we're sitting on this couch watching uh the video on this tv that i had watched any given thursday dozens and dozens and dozens of times on and 
bigger than my body starts playing. All right, this is this is interesting. I haven't heard anything like this. And then he gets to the guitar solo, and the guitar solo. I remember thinking that it was very reserved, very simple. And my friends like, "That's a guitar solo." I thought you said this guy was a guitar player. Like he could play guitar good, you know? And I was like, <laughs> no, it's like that's not. Anyway, I remember trying to like apologize for the for the simplicity of the guitar solo. But you know what? That guitar solo serves the song very very well yeah um, i think so and uh i you know it's simple yes it's reserved yes um there's those are objective things you can say about it but it serves the song um and uh you know i like it it's fine it's you know it's uh it, mm-hmm. it, it's fun um i love the uh i love the effect too the i'm pretty sure it's like a chorus focused effect uh that he uses during the uh yes i'm grounded parts uh, just because it sounds really good when he's palm muting uh, the strings uh-huh. and just hitting the ticka 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 ticka, yeah. it sounds really cool with that. I don't know, he doesn't really use that effect that often. I, I not to my, yeah. my recollection currently, but uh, um, yeah, I really love this song, dude. I have a special connection to this song. This is the first song I ever played in front of people. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, that's right. When I was in high school, I was learning guitar. I was still after a couple years of learning John Mayer songs and his technique. Mm-hmm. Uh, this song came out and I was like, cool, I'm going to sing this in front of my high school. And I did this at a talent show. And uh, that was my first, like, I guess you would call it hit. Uh, that was my first drug mm-hmm. <laughs> introduction. Uh, I got a hit. I got a hit off that live crowd, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, in, a, in a drug sense, not like in a I was successful sense. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, uh, you know, I, feeling that energy from everybody, like, immediately yes. then and there, that immediate feedback. Dude, there was nothing like there was nothing like walking on the stage and people cheering because they saw my silhouette. It was dark. They saw my silhouette and cheered oh me. Oh my gosh! And it's because the whole student body was just there to support. Yeah. The end. Yeah. They didn't care who was on stage. Rock and roll is a you. drug. And he That's just what they, they say right. They just cheer me and chant. Like a few of my friends that already knew me were like shouting my name at me, and I was like, "This is <laughs> freaking awesome! I want to do this." Yeah. I might as as long as I, I can. might as well be playing at Madison yeah. Square Garden right now in front of thousands and thousands <laughs> of people, right? That's what yeah, it felt like. like. <gasps> Nothing is measured up to that because it was a full auditorium. That was the biggest place that I ever played. Uh, f- f- I mean, at least f- body count right. wise, it was like the most occupied place. You I'd played ever it played. acoustic. Um, played it acoustic. I came up with like my own ending for uh-huh. it. Uh, I'll, my parents filmed a video of it and converted it to digital, so I'll just have to upload yes. it to like send uh, it over the John Mayer knows best group. We or will post it. We will post it on the socials. Yeah, you can put it on a for sure. Yeah, you can put it like on a. I can put it on Twitter. You can put it on Instagram. Uh, a clip of it on Instagram. That yeah. would be great. Yeah, it's out there, man. I'm super young, me, seven, sixteen. I don't remember the age, uh, exact age, but it was like junior year, I believe, and love yeah. it, man. And and this this single too feeling very sentimental about it because the single version of it had tracing and kid a on it and those were like my favorite talk about three like amazing songs i could not take off of rotation at yeah that time. man tracing we tracing's not officially on this album so we're not gonna no. dissect tracing we will at one point but uh yes. when we maybe talk about b-sides or lost tracks or whatever you know tracks that never made it uh to an album but um first single it's uh, released August 25th, 2003. So, again, this was released before the album uh, came out. And a- apparently the lyric on Wikipedia, again, for what it's worth, said Mayer composed the song after going to a Coldplay concert. And um, he said he wanted to 
right moving and great music it's definitely got a got a beat like it it gets you going um yeah it's not a layback uh it, you know once you're done clarity is kind of getting you going at the end but this one's getting you going um it's it's it, yeah, immediately it's, it's faster yeah. it's faster paced it's one of the faster songs the solo the album. uh the solo feels cold play now that you mentioned now that uh, we talk about that the influence the cold cold play is kind of in the solo a little bit yeah I could see that. You're right. Melodically speaking. Because um, their solos are like that. It's not very complicated at all. It's more about the feeling. You know what? We didn't talk about the single of Clarity, but there were CD singles of both of these, and uh, the album covers couldn't be any different. <laughs> the bigger yes. the bigger than my body album cover is like, I don't know if you can see this, um, either of yeah. them. It's pretty, you know, pretty standard. He's... He looks normal, uh, especially on this one, Jeff, on the alternate track. I don't know if you can see that right there. I mean, he yeah, looks, I see, I see that he one, looks yeah. very GQ. That's a good cover. Um, the Clarity album cover, the Clarity single cover, is one of the worst yeah, he's like pictures I've ever yeah. seen. <laughs> it's like he's trying to be literal about the de- the definition and, of how his own definition about the song. Like, and it's like, what? He looks... I don't mean this mean, but he looks bloated. Like it looks like he's laying down. It almost looks like how you look when you lay down and your face kind of rests yeah. a little like the gravity takes hold. Right. And your face is kind of going down and it, it looks like he was trying to take a selfie, but his eyes were closed and he cut off. Uh, uh, anyway, go look it up. If you're out there, it's, it's weird. It's definitely weird. I'm like, I don't know who picked that cover album, but man, you got, they, they fixed it. For bigger than my body, uh, bigger than my body was better. That was first, and then clarity comes out, and it's like I don't understand it. It looks very, very strange, right? But uh, yeah, this this was a single. Kid A tracing as B sides on it. Um, there used to be a, an acoustic version that was available on his website. Um, that's the version I've heard as well. The acoustic version. It's super, super cool. Um, mm-hmm. It sounds, you know. Yeah, that's the version I, I ripped yeah. off more or less. Is that uh, did a cover of that, and uh, the solo is the only the solo in the ending is the only place I really deviated because I didn't really know how to what to do there. Uh-huh. So I just kind of I found the, the main chords that he was doing in the solo, and I just kind of imitated that. And then the ending was my own thing. Um, but I love that version, dude. I, yeah, what? I still play it. I still play it at open mics. And stuff. I, I like it. It's a it's a fun song. Um, again, fairly easy. It's an E. That's correct, right? It's in the it's in the key of E. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and clarity's in D, I believe. I believe so. Yes, you are correct in that. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think of the lyrics, lyrical content of this song, Jeff? I love. I uh, actually love the lyrics in this one. I know it's uh, it comes off a little cocky, yeah. But uh, I I still think it's mostly an inspirational song. Um, I've always loved the bridge lyrics for some reason even though it's kind of there's kind of a negative aspect to just being like uh you know i'm just gonna <laughs> i don't know make a name for myself based yeah. i don't know out of desperation or something. Out. but i understood that at the time i understood that type of mindset like i know i want to be freaking successful doing this no matter what right. and i i kind of get that so not every song is 100 percent. so when, i guess i don't know this for sure but not every song is 100% autobiographical and a lot of times when songs are written you probably know you probably have done this you um 
you take something that you know, but maybe you exaggerate it or you take it to a different level or maybe it's somebody else's story and you kind of take a, you know, and you, you yes. add to it. So, again, not every song has to be, oh, this is 100% true about me, right? Right. Um, you may take something true about you and write a song and that's inspired by it, but um, – I, I I agree. I, I think last time we recorded this on the last episode, um, I was a little bit more critical about the song. Um, I'm not going to be as critical about it. I think you're right. I think it is more of a positive message. Although that bridge, you can you can say really like you're willing to destroy yourself to have fame. Yeah, you know, to be infamous. Yeah. Really, um, I think that's an yeah. exaggeration. He's this, you know, he's, uh, it's hyperbole. It's meant to show that he's mm-hmm. willing to do what it takes to go to that next level. Um, and, right. uh, you know, he's bigger than his body gives him credit for. Um, I think, uh, there's something here about, I think this is also one of the songs that he codes as being, uh, f- uh, flight. Yes. Uh, <laughs> about flight yeah. or whatever. And I think you could argue like a lot of the lyrics are about like almost like being a bird a little yeah. bit, uh, talking about being in a power line right, and stuff right. like that. And, oh, I um, always took circling. That. Yeah, I always saw being grounded saw the bird um, analogy, like being a bird that was yeah. trying to take off, but gets keeps getting caught, right? Caught in the power line. Yeah. It's caught by something else. Um, this song. Let's look at the keywords. It's optimistic. It's got a guitar solo. It's it about flight. It's promissory. Okay, so he's making a promise. Okay. I guess he's making like a declaration, right? Like he's going to do this. Right. And then it's defiant. So he's going against. I guess yeah, so. Going against, going against people's expectations yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So especially if you look at it with the backdrop of Your Body is a Wonderland. If this is defiant against that song. You really, these are songs that are not alike at all. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Your Body's Wonderland, very acoustic, very laid back, about a woman. This one's about me, about me being successful. Uh, it's more rock-driven. Um, it's got electric guitar. It doesn't yeah. have acoustic guitar. Uh, and um, And he's basically saying, I'm bigger than that. I'm way more than that. You'll see. Yeah. Um, by the way, first four songs of this album are not about relationships. Right. He might make a reference to somebody, typically a female. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that he's interacting with, but it, it, he's just trying to frame it yeah. in a way that people can. Identify but that's not what the main content of the song is on about. that type of level. But yeah, no, not at all. These songs are not about. And you could argue, come back to beds, just about beds. I don't know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Oh my god! Just about That's beds right. and his linens. That's right. He's talking about his cat. Uh, I uh, also uh, the ending of this song on the live shows, at least as is, uh, Daylaw kills the bass mm. dude, kills it. It's just like a simple dude, yeah, part that I just love, man. Uh, but that's no surprise. We've waxed poetic. Yeah, we love Daylaw, and he does similar things in this whole album. Like in Split Screen Sadness, his bass work is really, really good. Um, at the beginning, just kind of setting the tone, but we'll we'll get to split screen. All right. So bigger than my body, I think that's a good single. 
Um, it's an okay song. It's good enough. It's yeah. not my favorite song on the album by by far. It's probably um, me neither. If I were to actually, I'm just attached yeah, to it the most. I if would I were say. to rate them, it probably would actually go closer to the bottom. Um, but it's you know it's fairly straightforward. Um, and what can we say? It's it's a good song. It's fun. It's fun live. I think especially too. Uh, yeah. All right. Now we get to a very deep song. Something's missing. Um, so s- something's missing. Being. Uh, we first hear it on any given Thursday, and it's in its uh, iteration. There changes a little bit, not very much. Although there is one huge change that is my big gripe that we'll get to in a second. So, um, oh boy, something's missing in the key of E, but it's open E. So we have our first alternate tuning. And again, for mm-hmm. those of you who don't play guitar, a guitar has a standard tuning that every you know there's standard tuning for a guitar, which every string is tuned to a certain note. Right. The way this song is, it, uh, the strings are tuned to different notes, meaning it just sounds a little bit different. So if you maybe were like, man, this, the the way that the song sounds might, you, you might be thinking, oh, it sounds a little different than the rest of the songs. That may be because you're just kind of intuitively hearing the open tuning of the song. It's, it's a lot more. Yeah, it's a very strange tuning. It's not. Yeah, and it's a lot more, just what we mean when it says open E, what it means is it it opens yeah. up the chords where you can basically play play um, the whole you could play the all strings without touching anything and it sounds really good. If you do that just like on a regular guitar well, standard tuning, it's kind of like jumbled yeah. jumbled notes. But the way open E tune is is that I think maybe if you hold like one note different, you're just placing one string down. And you play everything, and it's very. It sounds open. It sounds big because. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's not. It's not just yeah. that, but it, it's. It's the the tuning is is an E seven chord by itself. Yes. If you play it all open without touching any strings, yeah. and you strum it, it's an E seven chord. You have an F sharp in yeah. there. Yeah. Um, so because it's like E B E F sharp B E is the tuning, uh, for this song, and the standard is E A D G B E. Yes. Um, E A D G B E. Did That's I say correct. that right? I always speed through yeah. it by habit. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so they, you, you're, you actually, because uh, you have to tune up you, when you're when you go from A to B. Yes. Obviously, you have to tune. Uh, that's a higher note. You have to tune the strings mm-hmm. up, so you're actually making the strings tighter. There's a risk when that's you true. tune your strings to this yeah, song. Yeah, guitars if you have are meant to be tuned standard tuning. Like that's how they they're meant to yeah. be the the tension of strings and the way strings are made and and all that. It's right. You know, when you start messing with tunings, if you go too crazy. You start having problems. Strings can break. Uh, you have it, you have intonation this, problems. Yeah. We talked about that on Neon. Whenever a John tunes down to C, which is a very low tuning for that bottom bass note, no. there can be yeah. a lot of buzz and a lot of like, and you can hear it sometimes. It's like, I mean, you hear. I think that's kind of the character of that song, but it's just yeah. it it shakes a lot more because it's not as tight. You think about a string, right? really tight there's a lot of tension you make it looser it's gonna wiggle a lot more because there's just not that much tension that's what happens on neon that's and and the opposite is true too you make it tighter Mm -hmm. you're you're tuning strings higher you run the risk of popping them and eventually breaking them yeah but um i guess it's not i should stand corrected the f sharp isn't in the before music theory nerds oh yeah it's not (laughs) f sharp's not in the seven chord i'm sorry uh my bad uh oops um, but it, it certainly adds a certain note to it, even though it's E B 
like E B E B E. It's like a for the yeah. most part, except for that weird F sharp. Yeah, uh, that's pretty much an open an E. It's an E chord. It's an open E chord. It's an yeah. It's an E yeah. chord of some kind. I'm, I'm not exactly sure. I don't know that much about all that chord structure. I just yeah. know that. Um, it's an E chord when you play it open, so it sounds big. It yeah. sounds, which the song sounds big. Um, it does. So, it does. Uh, Just from the guitar, yeah. like, because the bass, it's like the guitar carries the song because the bass doesn't really have to do, of course, De La kills yeah. the bass, but it doesn't have to do a lot of the heavy lifting here. The guitar is I like that riff, its man. own thing. That riff that he does. Yeah, that is a cool. It's really fun to play when you do tune your guitar to it, but I just. That I never it really is fun tune it my my guitar like that. Yeah. So pro- I think uh, in your atmosphere is another one with this tuning and an, an older unreleased mm-hmm. song called Same Time Last Year that he played like once. I have dude. Um, those are the only. I've ones. never heard that song. You never no. heard that one? It's a really awful recording of it out there. <laughs> Horrible recording because he played it like one oh. time and he had like capo on five, I oh. believe. But it's this, this tuning. It's this interesting. Tuning. Um, yeah. So something's missing, man. You. This is a song that really, um, I think, means a lot to a lot of people. This is a very universal yeah. For song. For me, it does. Yeah. Uh, the fact that he knows to an extent that there's something in you that is not satisfied by the spoils of the world, if you will. Um, you know, even relationships, you know, we talk about, well, family is everything. Well, or relationship, if you can just find someone to love, that's, you know, that, that even he does, he does it here and he still says something's missing, <laughs> right? Yeah. He has a relationship. He has friends. He has things. He's ri- He's rich. He has money. Um, but there's a hole there that isn't being filled. Or that continues to leak, um, or that runs out. The lyrics here are just so, so deep, um, so, so poignant, yeah. So uh, opposite of, um, uh, I was gonna say opposite of new deep, but they're not really. It's like anyway, because I was trying to, I was trying to do a play on the word deep with new deep, and then I was like, that's yeah. not gonna work. Actually, that doesn't make any sense. This is old deep because he <laughs> wrote right. it when he was a long time yeah, ago. My joke was not gonna but make it, any sense. He did write this. Uh, uh, <laughs> he did write this a long time ago. He wrote this during the Room for Squares ish mm-hmm. type of time period in Berkeley. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like we already mentioned, it was on any given Thursday, so that was a version we were familiar with, and it hit really hard with Stephen Chopek. Is it Stephen Chopek? Michael Chopek? Stephen Chopek on the drums. Yeah. So there's a turn of phrase I really like on this. Um, on this song and there's a few he does but it just it sounds nice to the ears and this is one of them when he says in a thirst i'd have to drown first to ever satiate the way he rhymes that and kind of you know the 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 cadence of that and a thirst i'd have to drown first to ever satiate yeah it sounds like it just sounds good you know what i mean like he he did that really really good uh, i think he does that a couple other places um until there's fog or until there's fog inside the glass around your summer heart, a little bit there, but a thirst I'd have to drown first. That's such, that's so poetic. Mm-hmm. Like just the way you don't even have to sing it. The way it sounds when you just say it is like pleasing to the ears. Um, yeah. I, I love that. I love that line. I love those lines there. 
Um, any particular lines that stick out to you on the song? Um, I love the second verse pretty much almost in its entirety because it's yeah. it's kind of like the, it's it's more or less saying even though it's making the comparison to seasons, it's more or less saying you don't know. Yeah, that the feeling is there until you're in it. Yeah, uh, you, there's no preparation for it. You just kind of you're already in it. You're in the thick of it. Yeah, you realize that by the time there. you recognize it, that it's there. Yeah, and I I make the um, it's it's probably not. It could be just literally about something being missing and you don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. But I always make the association that the song could, uh, I mean, at least for me, is about depression. Uh-huh. Like how you just kind of like yeah. Everything is great around me. What the hell is going? What's going on with my brain, man? I don't right. understand. Why? Why am I so bothered by something? Well, he references uh, that kind of right in the bridge. I can't be sure that this state of mind is not of my own design. Meaning, yeah, am I just making this up? Is this just in my mind? Yeah. Um, you know, am I creating this? Is is something really missing, or am I just overanalyzing? Um, like I'm going to in the next song. Uh, <laughs> um, so we get to the to the to the uh, interlude, and mm-hmm. here's here's my gripe, man, John. I don't know what you were thinking. Why is Michael Chavez's guitar solo not on this track? Yeah, that solo is so good. On any given Thursday, so I good. love that solo. John's great. Don't get me wrong. John's an amazing guitar player. But this solo is just like, it's, it's melodic. Like it, I it. I love the solo in this song for some reason so much. And then I'm like, oh, this song's on the album. And I'm listening to the album for the first time. And I'm listening to Something's Missing for the first time. And I'm like, yes, here comes the solo organ <laughs> and i'm like what 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 happened it, it, maybe it's gonna come later no nope. yeah. doesn't come it doesn't come and it's half the time right um it's uh it's cut short that interlude and then he goes into uh i guess the turnaround i don't know what you would call it um i guess it's the chorus again but he sings it differently but uh I just I cannot believe that. That's my big gripe for this song. For how amazing this song is, that guitar solo is missing. You know what's missing? You want to know what's missing, John? Michael Chavez's <laughs> guitar solo. I solved it for you. You're welcome. You know that I that's you know what? I've just decided that's what the song's about. Something's missing. Oh, it's the awesome guitar solo. That's what we that's what's missing. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um <laughs> What, what, Nailed it. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, the the ending is cool, right? Friends, check, money. Yeah, check. I love I love the checklist. Yeah, yeah, and then the play on microphone and he hits it, right? Check uh, yeah. when he does it live. <laughs> I love that. I was I always thought that was that was pretty cool. Um, message is waiting on me when I come home. Uh, I, I like the really. Um, the ending of the song where he's talking about the batteries. Um, how come everything I think I need always comes with batteries? That was that was cool. Uh, I always thought that was... I love that line, yeah. Um, because I It do, always kind of broke my brain a little bit, yeah. <laughs> I do that too. I'm, I'm the same way. I, I, the song speaks to me, I think, sometimes because I know that um, I try and fill voids in my life with similar things. Oh, entertainment. 
oh, a new gadget, oh, a new technology of some kind. And um, those things don't last. Like, they don't, you know, eventually they the the uh, satisfaction you get from those things doesn't last anymore it just kind of wears off um so i really right. i do uh i do um really relate to this song a whole lot um God, such a miss man with the with the guitar solo anyway <laughs> it's a great solo i agree but uh i still love the song especially for its oh, yeah. lyrical content especially that. these are my favorite lyrics on the album even though it's kind of a cheat because he wrote this first technically for the entire album. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you're you're probably right. It's probably one of the um, best lyrics on the album as a whole. You mm-hmm. know, for the song, it's it's a it's a song that is much older than him. I feel like, and it's, yeah, it's I agree. much more mature. Um, it's it's a very mature song. It's a song that lasts almost if that makes sense um it's on par with stuff on continuum easily yeah i agree with that uh so just as far as the theme you know the the heartfelt nature of the song let's let's move on to new deep um not my favorite track on the album as everybody knows Oh, is it? Oh no, I didn't know that. <laughs> you know, and I was, I was, as I was listening to it, I think maybe what I don't like about it is that that, like, the drums just keep going the whole time. Like, there's not really a break. There's a few tiny little breaks, but that hi hat just keeps going. It's like the whole song. I don't know if that's what gets to it. Is yeah. Um, I, I'm not exactly sure, but uh, I, I I never I don't know I never really felt drawn to this song, except for like the last couple weeks where I really started dissecting it, and I think maybe I don't like the song because it exposes me, and oh, um, it's. It's definitely ironic. He even says it. it's ironic, right, in his little keywords by song. It's an ironic song. And they, you know. Sarcastic, too. Yeah, it's sarcastic. And a lot of people will say that things that we're offended by, things that we don't like, the reason we don't like them is because it makes us uncomfortable. And a lot of times that is because it exposes something about you. Um, there's something in it that you see that is in yourself. So that's why you don't yeah. like it. And you don't like that about yourself. And I could totally see that about myself. Like, um, I can I can be this way. I can be quote so enlightened, where I think yeah. you know what I mean. And uh, I uh, um, maybe that's why I don't like it. You know, it could be because it does expose me as a similar a similar person who thinks that they are so so deep, but not really. They're mm-hmm. very, actually very very shallow. Uh, this person is. Um, uh, the guitar part's cool, right? He's doing yeah. it. So he's that's not a delay, that, correct? That, that, no, that's a staccato. Yeah. So he's doing it. That's manually. just him doing it yeah. on his own. Yeah. 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 It sounds like a delay, but it's not a delay. That so I, I do actually kind of like that yeah. part that he's that he. I mean, there's that. reverb on it, but that's that's right. you know, that's pretty much it, I guess. Um, um, and it's a strat, you know. That's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he. Uh, uh, but Steve Jordan's on the drums, and I actually like the drum part. It doesn't. The repetition doesn't really uh, bother me that much. Um. 
I do. I I agree with what you're saying about. I mean, that's not why I didn't like it. It's actually my understanding of the song totally changed from when I first heard it until I mean a couple of years later, I guess. Because uh-huh. when I first heard it, I was in high school and I was that guy who was like, I'm so I'm totally deep. Yeah. Whatever. So I kind of bought into the song on the surface level without really assessing it further. And then a few years later, you find out it's a tongue-in-cheek song that's totally right. like calling yourself out for not being deep at all. You're just saying you are. Yeah. It's uh, a guy like who's... A, a, fa, a fa philosopher. Yeah. philosopher. Fake, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fo, a philosopher. <laughs> philosopher, yeah. yeah. You know, um, <laughs> it's like he's so deep that he's like reached the limit of his deepness, right? Yeah. So now I'm going to deconstruct it all and I'm going to live simple. And I'm not going to think about things and I'm not going to overanalyze things. And uh, I wrote as I was taking notes about this, I was like, it's almost like a fad for him. Like, this is just the next thing. After being so enlightened, he's going to take the next step. And the next step is actually deconstructing it all. Um, I mean, lines like, I can barely survive a night in my mind. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Like that could be like, oh my gosh, there's something wrong with you, or that can be very arrogant sounding. Uh, obviously, it's meant to be very yeah. arrogant sounding. I'm so alive. I'm so enlightened. Um, but uh, I, I like the uh, how he um, is ta- whoever he's talking to. I don't know who he's talking to, but he says, "I know that you'll say this won't last longer than the rest of the day." Right. So now he's starting to expose himself as as this person who maybe goes to all these different kinds of philosophies or finds this new thing and it never lasts. Right. He's like, Oh, I'm going to do keto now. Oh, I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to live this way. Oh, I'm going to live this way. I'm trying this new religion. I'm trying this new thought process. I'm trying this thing. And it's like, you never, you never commit to anything. Right. You never actually laugh. And he says, but you're wrong this time. (laughs) I love that. I love that. I know you'll say this won't last longer than the rest of the day, but you're wrong this time. Um, As if, you know, History hasn't sh- proved otherwise, um, but uh, it's it's he knows he's not really as deep as he is, and he shows it at the very end, right? The last, yeah, what would you does, call yeah. that? Would that that wouldn't be really a bridge, would it? No, that last it's just section, a, like a uh, outro for. I guess it's I guess formally maybe, an outro. I guess it would be yeah. an outro. Yeah, uh, that yeah, because it doesn't match the anything. Ending, the re- yeah. No, it doesn't. Not rhythmically or structurally. Yeah, it's very strange. Um, I think the ending is pretty much saying that, I mean, you can be content not solving the problems that you yourself created. Because he's the one that's sitting there saying, I have to come up with a perfect rhyme for, I mean, in the example that he gives, I have to come up with a perfect rhyme for heavier things because it's the album title. But you can just (laughs) not do that. You don't have to do that. You know what I mean? So it's basically him admitting like, okay, well, maybe I don't have to do any of this, uh, which I think is a cool ending. And I, I, let me tell you um, for how I've been talking about this song as if like, I really do enjoy it. You know, it's like how much I'm talking about it, but the ending that last, those last few lines are actually very, very good. When he says, I used to be the back porch poet with the book of rhymes always open, knowing all the time I'm probably never going to find the perfect rhyme. And I had mentioned this in the last episode, the last episode that that's like, it's got that cadence again. It's almost like a Dr. Seuss, you know, it's like, 
I used to be the back porch poet with the book of rhymes, always open, owing all the time, knowing all the time I'm probably never going to find the perfect rhyme, yeah. which is a great rhyme. That's the thing, yeah. is that that whole thing is a great rhyme. It might be the perfect rhyme for heavier things. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. actually wrote the perfect rhyme. Because it doesn't. Rhyme. That's what's yeah, perfect about that's it. Right. Yeah. Because it, it just, he, yeah, like it, fl- that whole thing flows so well, that last part. Um, never gonna find the perfect rhyme, and then for heavier things, you know, that he doesn't rhyme things. heavier things at all. But uh, is there a perfect rhyme for heavier things? I can't think of one. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, I can't sing. Is that one of them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I can't sing. You know, the lyrics are good. I think you had mentioned before. Um, you kind of were a little. Uh, what What were your thoughts on that? Is there a God line? You kind of you had some thoughts on that before. Oh, yeah, I thought it was really corny, but then when we assessed it further in the last episode, I was kind of like, oh, well, that was the point. You know, he was trying to be, fa- you know, like fake deep, uh, yeah, more yeah, or less. Yeah. Which the song could have been called Fake Deep. Yeah, I think that, <laughs> but, that is the uh, idea. I mean, right. He's He just kind of like flippantly mentioned that. If you think about like the deepest thinkers, right, of the, of our, you know, of people. Did you like that? The deepest thinkers of people. <laughs> That's so eloquent. Like the deep thinkers of our time, of you know, the history of mankind. That's one of the big questions, right? Is there a God? That's a big question. Books have been written, debates, you know, articles. I mean, people's lives um, trying to find out. But he's just like, is there a God? And why is he waiting? <laughs> Don't you think of it odd when he knows my address? And he just kind of like flippantly goes past that yeah. huge question. Um, and you're right. It's kind of like he's not really deep. It's it's no, all a facade. It's supposed to be corny. Right. Yeah. It's all a facade. It's all um, even this right now, even what he's talking right now is a facade. He's just normal. He's normal. And mm-hmm. we're all normal, too, I guess. But, um. I did like the, I wear a new cologne and you wouldn't know me if your eyes were closed. I kind of like that line too. Yeah, um, that's a good line. I don't know what that has to do with being uh, like, <laughs> like <laughs> that's well, that's what he's saying is like that's a surface level change, right? But yeah. that's good enough, right? I've changed, right. totally different yeah. person, right? Yeah, yeah, I smell different now. Um, so, Even by his own admission, though, as a, as a songwriter, he has said that he wished he kind of spent more time on this one, and this is kind of a half cooked idea. He has said yeah. that himself. Um, but a, I, it, you know, I kind of feel like it needs to be cooked the way it is and left a little uncooked, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I think I think part of what's of in, song. I think part of what's endearing about it is that it's it is it's just like I'm a new man. I wear a new cologne. <laughs> That's what makes me new. Yeah. Right. Such a you're right. Such a surface level thing. I not. <laughs> yeah. I just changed what I smell like. I changed what I look <laughs> on the outside. I'm not. <laughs> Therefore, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, all right, New Deep fans. Um, maybe I do like New Deep. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I might like it. I might like it But now. nobody can convince um, me to like Do You Know Me, that's for sure. That, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, <laughs> I did listen to it the other day again, and I was, I, was, I, was, I was like, yeah, I think Jeff's right. This doesn't really – it's just <laughs> kind of like – yeah, it's like the search for everything theme. I, yeah. I, it's fine. You know, anyway, all right. Yeah. Uh, come back to bed. Come back to bed. What do you come, think of come back to bed? Come back to bed. 
Uh, could have been a country song. No. Um, it could have been. I think, I, I mean, I liked it fine. Even when it was first debuted, I was, you know, and I was clamoring for new songs. When I first heard it, I was just like, okay, that's good. And uh, I know that he wrote it as more or less an excuse to get his own kind of blues vibe out there. Yeah. And he, I think he succeeded in that regard. Um, what really caught me off guard, I'm just going to bring it up now because it was very alarming when I heard the song the first time. Uh, every live iteration that we heard, uh, and this is my own fault for being a super fan and listening to all the concert uh, footage uh-huh. or uh, whatever recordings, uh, he didn't have horns in the audio on live version so when i first heard this on the cd i was like what is that what is that noise (laughs) yeah it was so weird it's so freaking weird i can even today it's still not my favorite i can see that Um, it's a little out of place yeah but i love the solo so much it hit Mm -hmm. like it's it's so much emotion it's all emotion that's what that solo is all about it's not about i mean it is technically a little bit proficient but it's mostly just bends single Mm -hmm. note hits but it's uh uh it's man it's 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 a great melodic solo i love it so much long song but that's fine it is kind of <laughs> long and um i guess he want right the story goes that he wanted this to be the single and right not daughters and the studio was like no come back to bed is not gonna be this john come on come back to bed <laughs> is not gonna be the single and maybe we wanted it too a little bit to show that he's a good guitar player like that was me being a guitar player right. and liking guitar solos and stuff i was like i would love this to be so that people would be like oh that's john mayer he can play guitar that you know and like it'd be, it'd yeah. be that person that kind of was like see i told you so but come on really come back to bed as a radio single i don't think so no that, that would how they, the solo would never get played because <laughs> it would have to be cut out that's right they would cut the solo yeah. that's exactly right um I guess this was his venture into the blues stuff. So where yes. he, I think that's where he wanted to go. And then he spent time there with the trio and even with continuum. And now, and then he came back kind of more pop oriented. Um, but um, this was obviously a first taste of that for a lot of people who maybe hadn't heard him do the Steve Ray Bond stuff before. But um, yeah, I like th- there's it's, it's a fairly straightforward song, right? Again, uh, first song about a relationship, and it's about a strained relationship. And he, um, it feels a lot like City Love to me, to an extent, where there's a lot mm-hmm. of imagery. Um, I, you know, uh, I, the imagery of saying things like um, your footsteps down the hall, right? Your tears on these sheets. Yeah. Um, there's there's so many cool like just kind of like imagery type lines. Um I like when he does it live when he does kind of like the talking guitar, right? He's like Oh yeah. That was kind of a cool little thing too. Um Yeah, I love that. Sure, it makes a song like 12 minutes long it's on the so stage. So long, I know. It's still it's fun. It's like we though. couldn't get another song, you know? It's like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh there's oh, there's a couple songs like that he does live that I'm like, "Okay, dude, I get it." I, I love yeah. you. I love this, but I would love to get another song in place of a 13 minute version <laughs> of whatever. Right. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm sorry. Everybody's like yeah. mad at me right now. I was like, let him do whatever he can do what yeah. he wants, but I, you know, he can do what he wants. That's, that's fine. Right. But, but I'm, you know, I would rather I, have I clarity. Can criticize, I can armchair criticize. Yeah, it's I mean, fine. Can I get clarity? <laughs> Could you play clarity instead of a 13 yeah. minute version of, of that? So, um, again, it's fine. Uh, 
he, I think, um, I think he wanted it. I feel like this was what he wanted to more be known for this style of music. Um, yeah. at this time again, heavier things, even that idea of I'm, I'm do I'm more than just your body is a wonderland. And this was kind of a response to that as well, maybe. Um, but it's the best of both worlds. It's, it's kind of a pop blues song. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. That's a ballad that makes the girl swoon. Yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I love, I love the ending too. I, I don't want to, uh, make it sound like I didn't like the song cause the song is good. It's uh-huh. decent. Um, but I love the ending. It's just how everything culminates in the guitar is soloing while he's saying, don't hold your love over my head. It's just yes. a good ending line. 98, and, uh, six I degrees. I love how heavy the guitar is. Yes. Uh, it feels a bassy guitar at the end where he's just playing like an A chord or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like a, whatever. I don't remember what the chords are at the end. I did, it's an A. I learned this song. I learned every John Mayer song. Not yeah. my favorite one. So I don't yeah. play it a lot. Uh, but I don't remember how it ends uh, on the guitar. But yeah, just the way that he's the chords that he chose to play and how deep it sounds. It does. It does sounds like a bassy mm-hmm. um, guitar. It's a, yeah, it sounds really good. Ninety eight mixing did a good job. Yeah, ninety eight and six degrees of separation. What yeah. you like that line? It's, it's fine. <laughs> it's it kind of matches how I feel about the whole song. It's fine. Yeah, I, like- I mean, it just means that she's just gone. Right. You know, but. Uh, uh, I uh, so did you? I guess he doesn't like it. In col- uh, so is he. Uh, do you, let me ask you this: Do you get the reference six degrees of separation? Yes. Okay. All right. So yeah, maybe so some people degrees, don't. And, and you say when you add ninety-eight, that's you know that's a yeah. human body, right? Ninety-eight, so he's saying, six degrees, and then he says she is literally gone. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and he just does a little play on words there. Did you ever play? Uh, yeah. Um. Six Degrees of Separation from Kevin Bacon. Did you ever play that song? I mean, that game. That game. Oh uh, yeah, I've played it. I love yeah. that game. There's, we there's used only to play like that there's in only college, like a, man, a lot. Uh, I played. That there's game only like one actor or something that has like five degrees, one or two actors. There's not that many. Most people have like two or three degrees. Yeah. Yeah. If you like look into it, I wonder if that's crazy. true for most people in general. Like, if you were to put anyone in there, yeah, you know, any kind of like more famous actor, but. Um, uh, yeah, I used to love playing that game. But yeah, this is, again, I, I kind of with you. I like it. Um, I like that it's different from the rest of the songs on this album. Uh, you know, but it's not. I think I would put it in the same class as Bigger Than My Body. It's a good song. It's fun. But it's not one of the stronger ones on this album. There are definitely bigger and stronger songs on this album. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and and we get to one of them, which is pretty good. Home life. Um, what do you think of home life? It's really good, man. My uh, my mom was uh, listening to him from room for from room for squares to this album, and this is like her favorite song. She just loves that beat, dude. It's a good beat. And I think Dela wrote almost, if not all the, I mean, maybe all the composition, possibly. Really, um, that's what it seems like anyway. Because he co-wrote it, right? Yeah, he and co-wrote I don't the know music. If he wrote, the lyrics are John for sure, because I think it's lyrics, lyrics all John, are all but John. yeah, but he did have a hand in writing some kind of the musical composition to this. Yeah, because um, the music's very simple. It's I mean, it's the, the you're playing the guitar whole step down from E A D G B E, mm-hmm. so it's D blah 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 blah. Right. I'm not going to do the math Sounds, on that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. D G blah 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 blah. Um. So uh, it it makes the strings looser and it sounds bassier mm-hmm. um when you play it, but it's it's basically just um 
G and C. That's it. So musically, composition-wise, <laughs> it's kind of similar to yeah. Split Screen Sadness. Yeah. It's the same chords. That's why when those songs go back to back, you're like, didn't I just hear this? Yeah, like, no, it feel feels like... like the same. Yeah, same yeah. type of song. Um, yeah, I like this song. There's again a lot of good, funny kind of funny lyrics in this. I like that. I was born a house cat. I like that, yeah. <laughs> that line because I have cats, so I totally get it. How um, you know we have a dog now, but we didn't have dogs, and when we would go on trips, like vacations and stuff, for the cats, all we had to do was have somebody come over, feed the cats, clean the litter. That's it. That's all you got to do. Come come by for yeah. three minutes. That's it. That's all you have to do. With a dog, they're like all over the place. The cats, you may not even see them when you come. I have come. to do so much for, <laughs> for my dog, yeah. Yeah. It's like you may not even see the cats when you come. And like we'd come home from like a 10-day vacation, and the cats could care less. They're just still just wandering, yeah. like, like normal, just wandering around. Like, oh, yeah. you're back. You know, all right. They, they are definitely home creatures. They love being at home. They lo- they don't go out. They don't. Uh, I tried to walk my cat once. Oh, my gosh. That was a disaster. Uh, <laughs> like, I don't know if you ever seen I them. can't even imagine it. You're like, dra- they just fall to the ground, and you're just like dragging it. <laughs> Tracking them across. <laughs> they don't want to get up because they're like, why are you trying to walk me? This doesn't make any sense. I'm not a dog. This is a horrible idea. So, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I, I like that. I was born a house cat. Um, I'm not a nomad. I'm not a rocket man. Even though uh, he, um, he uh, is that. Yeah. Right? So again, this is kind of and I guess the song, as you get to the very end of the song, you realize that he's this isn't really um, – I don't know if it's sincere. Maybe it is. But at the very end, he's saying, I'm eventually going to live the home life, but I can't now. I'm not going to. Mm-hmm. This is – you know, I'm at a time in my life now where I'm not going to. I have to go. I have – you know, I'm about to live this big life. Second album's coming out. You know, I'm blowing up. Stardom's going up. I'll eventually come home at some point. And uh, maybe... I mean, you could argue that Split Screen Sadness is a good companion song to this Mm -hmm. one because it's like the fallout of him leaving and regretting leaving. Yeah. You could, I mean, especially in in the same key and the same kind of somewhat core patterns. Uh, But yeah, I love love the lyrical content in Home Life. I mean, for the most part. Some some of it's a little like on the nose, but uh, I I don't know. It doesn't really bother me most of the time. Um, but I, yeah, I love when he's talking about, um, uh, used to be in my M2Z cause that's kind of like the, well, I mean, the bridge has my favorite lyrics in it overall, but, um, the M2Z is kind of like a phone book or anything that you can use to identify where somebody lives or their right, phone number. Right. And he's basically saying, well, famous people aren't in there yeah. and I'm famous now and successful. So you're not going to find me there. Yeah. Um, and he can't be that neighborhood guy anymore who lives at the center of a circle on a map on the side of a square, which is like, you know, side of a square, I picture it being like a, a neighborhood. Um, I like see. if you're like, picture yourself in an airplane and you look down and it looks like a, a neighborhood is just a bunch of squares. I you see. Know? Yeah. Like I never broken, broken up that, sidewalks that and stuff totally like that. totally makes sense. Cause I never understood those lyrics. I was going to ask, <laughs> I was like, I want to live in the center of a circle. I want to live on the side of the square. I'd never yeah. quite understood that, but what you just said makes 100% sense. And that's, yeah. Okay. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> so he's basically saying, uh, you know, I want to be that neighborhood guy, but right. I can't be anymore. Right. Like I want to be able to, you know, been holding out, but I can't. 
I've been yeah. holding out for it. Um, yeah, it's it's a uh, he um, he wants to be. You who do you think he's talking to? Is he talking to a girl? Is he talking to? Yeah, I think there's yeah. a something, some kind of. It's a version of a love song, but okay. also like somebody maybe who's not there yet. Yeah, maybe possibly yeah. Uh, like somebody he just met at a, a show that he's clicked with. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Because that's a possibility. That's that could be why he's explaining to them, like, no, I can't stay here. Like, I just met you, and I, you know, I can't build a home here. That's crazy. Yeah. I got stuff to do. And what you know, um, the bridge you mentioned, the bridge is really, really good. Um, I yeah. like the end of the bridge where he talks about uh, he's gonna die with his life that he gave, not just his music, but his life. And yeah, he talks about it dissipating. He talks about evaporating, but home life is what stays that's what we have left at the end of the day that's what we have left which i mentioned this on the on our last episode is the opposite of bigger than my body this song kind of gives the the opposite side of bigger than my body bigger than my body is saying like i will go down in a flame if that's what it takes for my music to go out there for me to be famous yes and now he's saying and this but that actually that just that doesn't really matter what matters is home yeah. life. <laughs> so it's right. like, you know, he gives kind of the opposite, um, the opposite story here of bigger than my body. Which again, mm-hmm. these are songs; they're not necessarily one hundred percent autobiographical. I think for him, a lot of them are, but they don't have to be. You know, and even if he contradicts no, himself, he contradicts himself a little bit. We all have contradictions in our in our lives and in our minds. So um, mm-hmm. why wouldn't he? But um, yeah, I like that last half of the bridge a whole lot. Uh, it um, that that really speaks to me too. What do you think? You like? Oh yeah, I like love I love that uh, the last the last part of the bridge about you know the legacy not just being the notes that you wrote mm-hmm. and uh, the success you made on a radio because eventually that spotlight fades anyway. Um, but you know the legacy is what you I don't know instilled in others in a home, right? Um, uh, like your principles, more or less. Mm-hmm. And I, I like the first part. The first part is kind of, even though it kind of, I don't know, it doesn't really necessarily uh, juxtapose the second part of the bridge, but where where he says, uh, you know, um, if we get married and it doesn't work out, I, whatever, it's fine. You know, yeah. like, yeah, because it's, uh, the, the, the effort was there. The fact that they tried at all is, is what matters to him more than, um I don't know fighting and, and does it really more than just getting brutal with each other? Yeah, and does it really though? Because listen, he says it's fine with me, but then he says we said eternity. Like yeah. it's almost like he's he's saying, "I, I know, wish we'd always be a part of him." I don't know. Whatever. I wish we would have. You know, maybe it goes along with split screen sadness, like you said. It's, it is a good companion mm-hmm. song there. Um but he ends up leaving at the end, right? So at the end of the song, home life, you keep the home life, you take the home life, I'll come back for the home life, I promise. Um, but, the, but you know, we talked about this last time. It's kind of weird. Uh, I've got to leave you because my ride is here. <laughs> it's such a weird line. It's kind of it's funny, so direct. Right? Yeah. Um, Just, I got to go. 
Yeah, I gotta go. I'd love to walk. But I gotta to go. Where we can both <laughs> where we can both talk. But I've got to leave you because my ride is here. See ya. Peace. Yeah. You know, it's like Please. my Uber yeah. arrived. Gotta go. See ya. And um, yeah, it's kind of it's <laughs> it's very direct because the rest of the song is not really direct. It's kind of like again metaphoric and everything. But and maybe that is metaphoric. Maybe it's like uh, I have to go. I'm I'm about to take off. Right. Like. Mm-hmm. My career is about to take off. You keep right. it, keep the home life, keep it here, keep it waiting for me. I'll come back, I promise. But I have to leave now. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it is, it's got a cool groove. Um, uh, it's similar to New Deep in that it has this that same beat going through it. But I like it here. Yeah, I don't know why. Uh, I like it better here than I do in New Deep. That kind of just like yeah, I dig it here. Yeah. Yeah, it's got it's got a groove that it sets in, and whereas New Deep doesn't really, the bass is just kind of mimicking what the guitar is yeah. doing to to more well, or less, and, in, in the verses at least. And then we get to probably most, not most, many people's favorite song on this album, "Split Screen Sadness." Yeah. Uh, it probably vies for my favorite song between this and Clarity. Um, if you were to say what's your favorite deep cut on this album, it would be "Split Screen Sadness" for me. Uh, that's mm-hmm. definitely my favorite deep cut, um, where clarity would be my favorite kind of fan favorite out of all of them. But man, this, yeah. this song, the more I, I look into this song, um, I, I, I find more things in the song as I listen to it more. Um, it's one of those songs that keeps giving, giving yes. as over time, yeah. like it gives you more and gives you new things, which is the sign of a really good song. Uh, Absolutely. The um, you you pointed something out in the last uh, in the last episode where in the ver in sorry in the chorus uh-huh. where he's like uh, I'll I'll maybe I'll maybe I'll come visit you and then he's like oh right I can't I can't I can't find a flight oh. um you know and I didn't I never considered that the oh right was a genuine lyric I right. thought it was just. I, I need something to fill space with. I in used this to think music, he said song. all right. All oh. right. I didn't think he said all right. <laughs> and then when I said like, oh, right. like he was reminding himself. Yes. Like he can't. Oh, right. I can't leave. Yeah. 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 I would go see you. But oh, right. I can't find a flight. It's just so um, I, I don't even know how to explain that. It's like real. It just feels real. That feels like a yeah. real lyric, a real thing that happened maybe it did you know maybe that was something that was for real for him that maybe he wanted to go see someone but he couldn't find a flight like there was no flights available Mm -hmm. to go and uh and he just wanted to so bad but that's what was stopping him from going uh the bass is very effective in the song especially at the beginning i agree bump bump there's just science but um bump yeah um it's de la does a good job on that uh, it's just organs and programming and uh, <laughs> drums and uh, yeah. I mean, it's one of the smallest. Yeah. Songs, it's effective. Right? It's super effective. Yeah. I, I was um, for for all you out there. Maybe the trigger of a telephone doesn't make sense to many people who are like twenty five <laughs> and under. You're like, what is the trigger of a telephone? But you know, um, I I uh, I I see that picture in my head of the old telephones with. Um, the bass and it had the the windy cord right and you just had the handset that you picked up i imagine him like holding it holding the trigger that pushes it down you know that that the phone rests on when it's hung up 
um, I imagine him just kind of holding it, waiting for it to ring so he can he already has the phone up to his ear and he's just holding the trigger. And as soon as it rings, he lets it go and he's there. He doesn't want to miss the call. Right. When she calls mm-hmm. um, uh, where you say it's all right. Right. Like, no, we shouldn't have broken up. I've, I'm waiting for you to call to tell me that you got your heart right, that uh, um, that we can reconcile or whatever that may be. Um, what? Split screen sadness, the title. That's talking about like kind of like a movie, right? Like that's how I always saw it is how like you see in a movie, there's a screen and it's split in the middle and one person's living over Mm -hmm. here and one person's living over here and they want, they're thinking about each other and all that kind of stuff, but they're not together. Yeah. Is that the idea? I think I think that's the idea. I always thought yes, that was. Yeah, but... it's it's supposed to be like a, a cinematic type yeah. of song, uh, especially with those melancholic strings that are very exaggerated, uh, <laughs> especially by the bridge. Yeah. Um, but it's supposed to be like cinematic, like you put it in. A, you could imagine this in a rom com, more mm-hmm. or less, and like mm-hmm. in like the sad mon, the super sad. They're separated yeah. montage where they're both yeah. doing their own separate thing at the end of Act Two when they broke that up. Thing in the screen, right? Yeah, the, the, and then you're waiting yeah, for them doing to get back sub- together. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're far out living their separate lives to quote only heart. Uh, but yeah, this one's kind of more illustrating it more explicitly. Like this, you know, split via split screen. Mm -hmm. Um, I like that line. He, he does this so much Two wrongs, make it all all right tonight where, you know, the saying, he takes a saying and kind of turns it on its head where the saying is two wrongs don't make a right. Right. That's the normal saying we know. No, two wrongs, make it all all right. He's, Basically, the, saying how des- showing how desperate he is to uh, for them to come whatever come to terms with whatever separated them, mm-hmm. so they could at least see each other. Yeah. Uh, even if it's even if it's like they're not right for each other, or it's totally yeah. I mean, that's more or less what it is. <laughs> I love um, the lo- the that part of the. I guess it would be the either the second verse or the fourth verse. I'm not sure. However, you would want to to uh, separate it but there's nothing when there's nothing to blame at the drop of your name right like yeah. he's saying like when so when i'm talking to my friends and you come up like it's not like i can be like oh that b she left me yeah. you know it's like there's no no one to blame like we're both it at- sounds mutual yeah this one. Yeah, yeah yeah um you know it's uh we had love but we still said goodbye there's something else going on and um it's nobody's fault only the air right. you took and the breath you left. Oh man, that's such a great line, dude. Such a great line. And just then, haunted by her memory. That idea of uh, checking the weather wherever you are. Yeah, because I want to know if you can see the stars tonight. It might be my own. Yeah, right. like right. So like yeah, because they're looking at the same sky. But mm-hmm. uh, can she see the same stars that I can? Can right. she see that constellation over there? Or? Yeah. Is that blocked because she has clouds? Mm-hmm. Ah, that makes me sad if she can't. Ah. <laughs> like he's, he's doing everything he can to not spiral into a complete mess at mm-hmm. this point, basically. This, um, whenever he says in the bridge, I guess, yeah, I guess, well, it's the bridge maybe, where he says, I called because I just need to feel you on the line. Don't hang. Feels like a third or a third fourth verse because it's the pattern is like right. the chord pattern and the melody. Even though it's just it's more separated, there's not as much mm-hmm. singing. Uh, it still feels like a verse structure. Yeah, I think it is. Um, 
That's a great. All of that is yeah. built up to that, and how it, there's and, uh, the, there's those pauses. He he le- yeah. like leaves so much room. I called because yeah. I just need to feel you on the line. You're like, oh, you're, you're like, oh, feel my it. heart. Yes, I know. <laughs> and um, and then possibly my opinion, the greatest line in this whole album. I can't wait to figure out what's wrong with me so I can say this is the way that I used to be. Yeah. That is such a strong such a... line. Yeah. And like Love I said, so I, I think that might be the best line on the whole album. Um, that is how universal is that yeah. idea of. And he's and in the line after that, the, there's no substitute for time. Like he's like, he's saying like you, you I mean, you pretty much just have to live in it. Mm-hmm. You can't just speed to, I feel better now. Yeah. You have to just live in the sadness. You can't, yeah, you can't, mm. you can't, uh, not everything is fixable immediately. Yeah. Some things take time right. for you to grow out of. Something. Some things take time for you to, to heal, um, to, uh, to change. Not everything's immediate. And, um, but I just can't wait to get there. Yes. I yeah. I can't wait to be like, that's the dumb, the dumb person I used to be. You know, that's how, mm-hmm. that's how I used to be. I'm not like that anymore. Um, but uh yeah that oh man i i always have loved that line when when he does it Same. um what do you think of the live version of the song it's on as is oh it's good it sounds just like it sounds just like the studio yeah. version honestly there's no real deviations going on there mm-hmm. but uh it's good and i understand his explanation about like well it just it feels too real to sing all the time mm-hmm. and i'm like well i feel i feel the hell out of that cuz yeah. i uh, I've written a few songs too myself that i'm like I wrote a song that's like a tribute to a friend that passed away like way too soon. Like he was much younger than I was and he passed away before he had a chance to be wow. like, uh, he, he was in theater and he was like super freaking talented. I oh, knew he was wow. destined for something, you know, something outside of just mm-hmm. theater. I knew he was going to be something. And then he passed away in high school and, uh, when he was in high school and I wrote a song for him and I played it like once, like you just don't, some songs you just can't live in yeah. uh, so much. Especially yeah. this song where it's talking about not being able to speed through a feeling That's like this. Right, yeah. A really sad feeling like this. So I what, get it. Uh it's it's what, a decent version though. What do you think that line at the beginning means when he says, I don't know where you went when you left me, but I get that. It says here in the water you must be gone by now. What do you think that means? It says here in the water you must be gone Tea by now. Tea leaves or something? I don't Maybe what else what else? It says here in the water. Um, I yeah, I don't know what else. I don't know what else it could be other than like you're like reading tea leaves or some crap that's, like that. That's kind of what I got. That's <laughs> that's where my mind yeah. went too. But I'm like, am I just missing something? Is he? <laughs> hmm. I don't know. It says here in the water, you must be gone by now. I I have to look that one up. Uh, if you if you think you have an interpretation, email us and let me know on that one. Yes, please. But, um, uh, maybe I'll just go to, uh, I'm sure there's like song meetings yeah, or something. Yeah, songmeetings.com or something like that. Uh, let's let's move Here on to go. Daughters. Um, yeah. Uh, the song that beat Alicia Keys. That's right. Jeez. So, Fine Got You so, for best song of yeah, the year. So Daughters wins song of the year. Uh, beats out If I Ain't Got You. Beats out Jesus Walks by Con- Kanye West. And beats so out crazy. the beats out the critically acclaimed 
the reason by Hoobastank. Uh, <laughs> so, um, uh, and then of course, don't hey man, don't slight Tim McGraw oh, like sorry, that. For sorry, sorry, live like song you were that dying. He got nominated yeah. for Tim McGraw. Remember lived. when? Remember when there were five nominees? That was crazy. Five <laughs> now there's nominees. like for every category, there's like ten. Yeah, I know. And it also won again his second Grammy for. Uh, yeah. Best male pop vocal performance beat out Elvis Costello, beat out Prince, beat out Seal, and beat, beat out "You Raise Me Up" by Josh Groban. Which, like we I mentioned last time, Josh... you think about vocal performance, and you yeah. think Josh Groban. That's, I thought that's what you're judging. Yeah, I thought that's what you're judging in that specific verbiage. <laughs> yeah, it's like that's well, him. This guy's clearly got the best voice, right? <laughs> that's I right. Mean, he's, he's classically, classically trained. trained, and like that's his deal. <laughs> But daughters wins it, which you know, whatever. Um, and I think even I wasn't mad at the time. I'm, I'm not still. I'm not because no, I'm, I'm such a fan. Of course, but, uh, it was still kind of like looking back at it. I'm like, if I ain't got you, is a killer track, especially because she wrote. She's a songwriter too, just uh-huh. like John. Uh-huh. She wrote every single note of that song, and that song is just impressive from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. Like just, oh man, just the way that song is structured, it's so good. Um, yeah. So two Grammys, we get why. Uh, the, the studio was right. Let's just say it. They were right to make this a single. I mean, they saw yeah, the they clearly they yeah. saw the potential in it, and they were right. It won two Grammys. So um, he didn't he didn't want it in there. Uh, the song is about tip. You know, on VH1 storytellers, he says that he wrote the song about an ex girlfriend who had trust issues because of her absent father, which led to the decline. An eventual split of their relationship. So, um, yeah, I get it. You know, the, the uh, it's it's a it's a very simple song. It, it has like two guitars, a piano, and a shaker. Like that's it. There's no mm-hmm. bass. There's no other. You know, it is actually very different from the rest of this album if you think about it. Um, it really whereas is. Whereas there's you know a lot. It's the only subdued song. Mm-hmm. And it won the Grammy. So let's <laughs> let's be honest. Well, right? I guess like, it's not the only subdued song. There's another song coming up that's pretty friggin' subdued oh, too. Yeah, you definitely. could put it on a another person's discography, like Nora Jones, and it'd be like it would fit. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. that's very subdued. But this one, it's interesting. I, I'm wondering who was in the room with him, uh, or if it was his call to make it completely stripped down because none of the live, or not the live, none of the full band versions were working. Right. Obviously, he had so many full band versions of this plan. Oh, he did. And you they know, just didn't he pan pl- out. I think does yeah. he play it? He it's on try, right? It's on try, and then there's demos that yeah. you can find too. So on the, the, the single, single release, yeah, there's all these demos. There's electric guitar mix. There's the home demo. You can find all these on YouTube, and um, they uh, they all are very electric guitar sounding um, and they even have drums and bass on them. Um, and uh, again, you know, who knows, who knows who, maybe it was Jack, maybe it was the studio. Um, maybe it was him. Maybe he was like, Hey, I got kind of two different versions of the song and uh, they decided yeah. on the, on the acoustic version, but um, it, uh, it definitely um, it's, it's one of those songs that when it's when when it gets played live, if I'm at a concert and it's played live, I don't, I don't, I do cheer probably. Maybe I do. I don't. I don't know if I do or not. But I'll probably sit. I may go. Yeah. Pee break. You know. That's my that's my relaxing yeah. song. This anytime yeah. it's this and your body's in Wonderland, yeah. I'm like, oh cool, I'm gonna sit down real yeah, quick. Yeah, yeah. I can take I a little break. I'm just kind of over it a little bit, even though I still like it musically speaking. I'm just, uh, I don't think, I don't know. When people tell me, 
uh, I understand both sides. Yep, me too. Pretty much when people come from when they when they either adore this song or don't like it because of his lack of experience and know-how when he was writing these lyrics. Yeah. I'm like, I get it. I get it either way, honestly. So I my feelings too. are very mixed on this song. I uh, do but, too. And uh, if, musically speaking, I love it, if, but it, not lyrically it's, it's it's complicated. If Your Body is a Wonderland is the song that took him to the next level. This is a song that skyrocketed him. Um and right. uh two Grammys, I mean so much radio play. Oh my gosh, so much radio play of this song. Still gets radio yeah. play to this day. This is probably the song that gets the most radio play of any of his songs to this day. You can still hear it like on on your adult contemporary station. This song will still get played. Absolutely. Um yeah. And uh did, did you ever watch that movie Get Hard? The movie I did, yeah. When he's in it, he plays. Wasn't a huge fan, but I know he yeah, was in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He plays this song in that in that <laughs> in that uh, movie. That's that's a pretty funny video clip, actually. Uh, a whole uh, the whole thing with him and Will Ferrell, um, and he's watching him. I think he's on Conan. Is he on Conan? And this in the I thought it was like a Fallon or something. Yeah, maybe maybe Jimmy Fallon. But he gets out and starts playing the song about Will Ferrell's character. Anyway, it's uh, a. <laughs> That's, yeah, that's really funny, but um, you know, it's it's uh, the lyrics are are um, I don't know how to feel about the lyrics. I have three daughters, so I do yeah. understand where he's coming from in the sense that dads, fathers, teach their daughters what it means to be in a relationship to an extent. Um, daughters will learn what it means to, um, you know, fathers are typically the first men to love their daughter, like them as women, right? Like we're their Mm -hmm. first love. I remember my, one of my daughters at a very young age saying she wanted to marry me, right? Like when she was like two, right? Two or three, (laughs) she, she wanted to marry me. And, and it's like, you know, that those are cute little things, but there's this sense of you are the one who's teaching your daughter self-worth. You're the one who's teaching mm-hmm. your daughter what it means to be loved by a man, what that really looks like. And, um, and they learn, you know, how, a, how a dad treats their wife, how a husband treats his wife with daughters watching. They learn what that, what a relationship looks like from that too. Good and bad. Um, this is why you have that, you know, I don't buy it all the time, but people talk about daddy issues, right? Like that girls who don't get love from father, a lot of times will look for love from someone else, even if it's unhealthy love. And, um, if they are content in their love from a dad, then, you know, Mm -hmm. a lot of times they have more healthy relationships and stuff like that. In, In a very general sense, there are obviously exceptions to all of those things. Um, people who have plenty of healthy relationships and had terrible relationships with their father or people who had great relationships with their father and still have terrible relationships. That's, you know, there are exceptions, but in a very general sense, I get the idea of this rule. I I just don't, you know, um, the, uh, on behalf of every man looking out for every girl, you are the God and the weight of her world. Um, yeah, it's a little exaggerated. That is, and maybe it's meant to be, you know, I, Mm-hmm. I, maybe, maybe it's meant to be that you are the God and the weight of her world. Really? You're all that matters. No, you're not all that matters. Women are so much, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're people, they're whole people. They have worth outside of their relationship between, between a man. 
but um, right. you know, their men do not define them. So in the sense that I get it, yes, they matter. They're not defined by their relationship with their father or with their husband or with their boyfriend or whoever that may be. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, but so those are my thoughts on the whole lyrical content of this album. What, right. what, what do you, uh, this song, what do you think about the lyrical content, Jeff? Uh, it's, uh, it's a mixed bag for me. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of leaning on the side of not really digging it so much because yeah. he doesn't really know so much. Uh, not that he doesn't know what he's talking about, but to a degree he doesn't. I yeah. Mean, he's no, just you're kind right. Of, I, he's just kind I think of, that, I don't know. I think that is a fair just criticism. That is a very fair right. criticism for somebody who, um, from somebody who um, just thinks, oh, there's something wrong with her. I can't fix it. Oh, she must have daddy issues. <laughs> right. Like, that's that's kind of the gist of the song, really, if you think about yeah. it. <laughs> and I, oh, you know, yeah. and I, uh, his heart's in the right place for this song. Don't get me wrong. Um I don't know, man. I, there's a lot of people that commented. I mean, some people do love the song when they commented on the thread that you created for this and the uh-huh. John Mayer Knows Best group yeah. on Facebook. Um, but this, there's some people that didn't do not like the song, and I'm, I, I fully get I'm more aligned with that. I'm kind of like 60-40 right now. 40% like the composition of it. 60% the lyrics really turn me off. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, man. It's... It's a mixed. Oh man, it's such a mixed bag for me. This song, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, and the fact that it, it that it, I think the when I found out that it won Song of the Year over some genuinely amazing songs, <laughs> uh, at least two amazing songs, it was kind of like, okay, what the crap, man? Like I can't. Uh, <laughs> it kind of made me resent it a little more. Yeah, uh, maybe want to sit down harder as when I, I had a concert. <laughs> as I dissect it, I start to feel less okay with the content of the song. I think that's my deal. Right. I think on a very surface level, the reverse of New Deep, I guess. Yeah, yeah, reverse of New Deep, right? Um, but it it is composed well. The music is really good. Um, you know, it's um, it is pretty sounding. Like it's very, very pleasing to listen to. Uh, it's um, it won two Grammys for a reason. I mean, there's not you can't go against that. Uh, but at the same time, is it? I think I would put it along with bigger than my body and come back to bed. Like it's not, although it's a strong song, it's not the strongest on this album um, by any means. And uh, anyway, yeah, I I think, I think for what it's worth, it's, it's a, it's a fine song. Um, Yeah. I think we could, this would be close to the bottom for me when, you know, ranking it, but uh, Mm -hmm. that's just by default because there's some other really, really good tracks on here. Yeah, I agree. Very very good. All right. Well, let's let's move on to only heart, which is a um, <laughs> a uh, an interesting song to say the least. We had an interesting conversation about this song last time, uh, yeah. and um, I, I was telling you that I um, whenever I we were going to record last time, I asked my wife again, who's a big big John Mayer fan. I asked her what she thought of this song. And um, I said, do you think he's sincere? And she was like, well, mm-hmm. what do you mean? And I was like, I feel like 
<laughs> I feel like he's not sincere on this um on this song, meaning that whoever he's talking to, he's telling her that he has that she has his only heart, but he's he's not he's not true in this sense. And as we started looking at it, here's I'm gonna here I'm gonna I'm gonna give you my um uh, my defense of this because I didn't I actually I looked it up. I was like maybe I was like am I off on this? And I looked it up, and nobody seems to think this, at least from what I could tell. But mm-hmm. I really think he's making it up. I think he actually is not sincere. She does not have his only heart. And he's playing his playing tricks. Like he says, you're, you know, your imagination is playing the tricks on you. Um, uh, feel my chest. when I feel like he's overcompensating to tell her this, but he, no, your imagination's not really playing its tricks on you. Your, your intuition's right. You, I don't, you know, I'm not being true to you. And um, the line that gets me is whenever he says your phone was really broken. I tried your number twice, meaning that like, she was waiting for him to call or something. The impression I get is like, he's out of town, right? They're living their separate lives. They're not together. She's waiting for him to call and he's trying to make an excuse. I know I did try to call you. Your phone was broken. I tried to call you twice. And she's like, no, it wasn't quit lying. Like you're not, (laughs) you know, it's like you're making that up. Like, no, no, no. I tried to call you. It went straight to voicemail. I don't know what happened. And I just, I decided not to leave a message. Right. It's like, (laughs) it's whatever. Um, and uh, I think um, when when he gets to the bridge and he says, you love like your hands on the horn, which is kind of a weird line anyway, right? Yeah. You love like yeah. your hands on the horn, baby. Baby. Um, but then he says this, I adore you, but there's a hole in the cup that should hold your love. What does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean, Jeff? I, I mean, I I took it as uh, the love that she has for him. Okay, like she, uh, the proverbial whatever she, um, isn't as invested in the relationship as he is. See, because I don't, I I never once questioned the sincerity of it. I always took it as a corny love song. This is my least favorite song on the album. I'm just gonna be fully full disclosure here. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, I, I never doubted the sincerity of it. At, at a certain point i just i just took it on like surface level this is like well there's not much more to the surface on this song than what's written mm-hmm. that's how i took it yeah um you know i think see that's that's what my wife said but whenever i said i was like i actually think he's talking about his cup and it's her love and what he's saying is that there's a hole in his cup that holds her love so he's being a little honest here like he's he maybe not to her but to us right like to who to the song he's being honest saying i adore you i really do adore you but there's a hole in the cup that should hold your love the cup should should hold it but there's a hole in it and it keeps leaking that's why i'm not satisfied that's why i'm not being true to you that's why i'm going off on you and you know cheating or whatever you want to call it um but uh i feel like he's over this whole song is an overcompensation for his 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 true self not john the person who this who's writing this okay i'm not saying john himself obviously we let's get that out of the way i'm not talking the character of only heart who's writing only heart 
um, <laughs> is that uh, he's he's not. She does not have his only heart. Actually, his heart is uh, yeah. with other people as well. But um, what do you think? I mean, you're just like you said. You kind of you kind of have surface level um, for this one. You're not. This isn't a yeah, famous song. Of I, yours. I took it. I just took it on the face of it. Like it's just. It is what it is. Yeah. Um, I, I like actually. I do like the groove and the solo in it. I think it's fun. Yes. Um, but outside of that, there's really not much depth to this song. It's it's like too. It just didn't feel like a John song. That's the best definition. I, I can see that. It. It's, it's, like, it's I was like, what is this song? It doesn't even belong here. Where's tracing? No, uh, but <laughs> <laughs> so this is yours. So this is the one you would remove oh, yeah. for tracing. Um, yeah. I, uh, I can see that it's along with come back to bed. It doesn't fit, but really yeah. let's think about it. Does daughters fit? No, it's, it's so out of nowhere, the yeah. random acoustic track. So really, this whole album is a lot of different sounding songs. This is a mishmash. Yeah. yeah. It's like there's Room for Squares sounds like there's a there's a few here and there, but for the most part, there's a lot of unity to that album. Continuum, a lot of unity to that album. Right. This one, there's not. There's a lot of um, songs that are different genres almost. Like this is... Like there, this is a rock song, and then you have an acoustic song, and then you have a bunch of synth stuff, and then you have a blues song. Like, there's a lot of different sounding, yeah, you know, almost genre bending. Um, and I kind of I like that, but too. like I can see how somebody would be like, oh, that kind of lacks cohesion mm-hmm. because Room for Square is very cohesive, one unit. Yep. Um, each song sounds sim- well, not similar, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Same vibe. Yeah, definitely. Continuum definitely has a vibe. Everything has a vibe. After Battle Studies is the only similar one to Heavier Things, where it's yeah. like each song is kind of like its own thing, more yeah. or less. Yeah. Um, they're not mixed or mastered any different, but it's just they ha- they each have like a weird different vibe yeah. to them. It feels like anyway. Well, let's let's move on. Um, let me know if you th- agree with my theory or not. That's just kind of my theory for Only Heart. So let's move on to Wheel. Uh, well, the live version oh. you you mentioned. Oh, that's uh, right. In the last episode, yeah, the, where he yeah. says jokes. On, right. He so he says if you need confirmation, baby, I understand. But in the album, he says it's all right if you want me to tell you you've got my only heart. But then live, he says, if you need confirmation, baby, I understand. Joke's on you if you want me to tell you you've got my only heart. And it's like, wait a minute. Player. Wait a minute. Now, he could just be doing what that. player. Yeah, to, you know, change yeah. it up there. But who knows? Maybe. Well, let's let's move Throw on. people off the scent, I guess. Let's move on to Wheel, which is another fan favorite. Um, was got a lot of love on the comment section. Yeah. Um, in, the face, in the John Mayer Facebook group. But uh, what do you think of Wheel, man? That's my favorite track on the album, man. Um, nice. I I like the subdued ending, and and not only that, I don't know. It's just musically speaking, it's just it's a little bit more complex. I love the solo uh, uh-huh. a lot. It kind of I feel like this song paves the way more than any other track to what Continuum ends up being. Yeah. Like this song fits on Continuum big time. Yes. Um, I can see that and to the point where I think during the Continuum tour he's still playing this song because mm-hmm. it fits. It totally fits. Uh, but yeah, I love that solo, dude. It reminds me very much of like some of the solos on Continuum, uh, especially "Trust Myself." I think it's because it's in the same key. I'm t- kind of cheating there. Uh, this one's an F, right? You have the thing F, right? Yep, Pretty, definitely yeah. in the key of F. F. Um, which is not a normal key that a lot of people no, play. He in. doesn't write a lot of songs in that. Uh, I mean, other than uh, uh, "Trust Myself," 
I guess that's, I mean, I'm sure there's more, Yeah. Uh, you know, don't come at me because I'm probably, it's just off the top of my head. Uh, but I do love, I love this song. The lyrical stuff is, is, uh, it's aces, man. Like something's missing is like my favorite lyrically speaking mm-hmm. and musically it's really good. But this one is like the best of both worlds for me. Cause I love how he's painting the picture of a, uh, the cycles of life yeah. more or less, you know, uh, where like, uh, goodbye isn't the end at all. Um, he's not talking in a permanent sense though with like he didn't go that deep right he was just talking about relationships more mm-hmm. or less or, or friendships even of you know just departing from somebody uh, especially in his case because he's traveling all the time right. doesn't mean it's over uh even if you never see that person again your life's not over right um yeah i love the way he painted it especially in the was it the bridge I guess it's a bridge, technically. I guess it's a, another verse where he says, "You, uh, if you if you wave hello, you're gonna find you. We were wave, or if you wave goodbye, you're gonna find your wave hello again." Yes, I love that because it's the same gesture, right? So like, eventually, it's gonna turn into something else because you meet somebody new or you see the same person again, right? I, there's just so many. I don't know. There's so many ways to approach this song, but I just love that he used the airport too as a visual because I just pictured it. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody's, you know, longing sigh blending in with the. Uh, someone's smile or whatever right. line someone's was. last uh, goodbye blends in with someone's sigh yeah yeah um, yeah that's a that's a strong one too yeah i like it's, it's very circular right um right uh, i i agree i agree for all those reasons hence hence wheel that's right yeah. hence wheel <laughs> it is a wheel life is a wheel and um that idea you can't love too much one part of it right um because yeah. eventually it just keeps turning just keeps yeah. turning you you can't stick there can't necessarily stay there because life will move on and um yeah this is a good ending you know it's it is uh a slow soft ending to the song to the album but it's a good ending it it um it's not uh boring by any means like the the no um it's when he plays this one live too that's another good a good live song where everybody's singing at the end. Yeah. And, you know, doing the, doing I the, love yeah. that dude. Yeah. So, um, guitar wise, it's really cool too. Just what he's playing on the guitar. Uh, it doesn't sound complicated, but it is pretty, pretty. It's a little difficult. Yeah, pretty difficult. The verse part is very difficult. The, the rest maybe not depends on your proficiency. Yeah. on Slapping. Yeah. Like he does on the guitar as a rhythm, but uh, you can't play that acoustic part unless you have like a a, a longer neck with a crazy cutaway. Yep. You're not supposed to be able to play that part during the verses. Uh, that's rhythm on the acoustic guitar. Yes. Uh, he even has to when he's. You can find an acoustic version of the song somewhere, and he's playing D minor root position into an F in <laughs> his version of a root position. It's a lower version of what the verse is normally on the guitar because you just can't do it on an acoustic. Yeah. It's a good version. Um, and I, and you know, I like the song in any iteration, but mm-hmm. yeah, definitely the full band vibe is what I love. I think most. so too. I think so too. And it, it, it puts a good period at the end of this album. Um, yeah. So, so we did it, Jeff, a second time, actually. <laughs> this is, this is the second time. And we recorded time. it through two we mediums. It, yeah. We have, we have it like redundant, <laughs> recorded redundantly. And we're, you know, yeah. did you know we're getting on a three-hour 
conversation here. It's about to be That's three insane. hours long. So here's the deal. I'm really sorry. Oh we're we're not gonna read through the comments. Are we Joe Rogan? We can't we <laughs> cannot go through the comments. There are too many of these. Uh, maybe I'll just go over them at the very beginning of the next episode. But we're we're pushing on yeah. three hours. So let's let's cut it. I know people are probably like really tired of listening to us right now. So if you made it yeah. this far, listen to Jeff's song that's about to play. Uh keep going. You only got about Thanks, man. three or four yeah. minutes probably. Um uh, to go for this. I would love I would yeah. love if everybody listened yeah. to it. So, yeah. um, Please try to add it to playlists or save it or whatever yeah. on Spotify if you can. Yeah. That'd be great if you like it. Hopefully because John Mayer was a huge, huge, massive influence for me. So that's a yeah. Do we'll that. Email us. What did you think of heavier things? Did you agree with us? Disagree with us? Have certain thoughts on some of our opinions and uh, uh, t- our, our takes on a lot of the songs. Um, let us know. My stupid podcast show at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and all that good stuff. Um, and we will uh, see you next week with Continuum. How about that, Jeff? Yes. A four-hour show. Yeah, that'll be. Oh god, we may have to do two parts. At the so uh, anyway, uh, continue. Yeah, and just continue it. Let's continue. So thank you for listening. Um, and uh, here's Jeff, Jeffrey Michael Woodman with IOU. We'll see you next week. This evening I'll see if you can give me a ride home. Got two flats and I. Lost my damn phone, I'm at my lowest of all my lows You say no sweat, it happens to everyone Then buy another round